What's up, everyone, and welcome back to school. But don't worry, everything is cool. I'm your host, Jalissa, and of course, I am here with the boys, Steve and Brandon. Say what's up, you guys. What's, what's up? And we have a special guest today. We got Elifer Torres. Say hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing Welcome great. to the show. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> How do welcome. you feel? How you feeling today? I feel amazing. I feel like everything's cool. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> she slipped it in right away. Okay, that's she fits cool. Right in. She fits yeah. right in. <laughs> um, but I'm super excited. I... I genuinely love your podcast. Thank I you. enjoy it Thank so you. much. Every time you drop something, I'm like, yes! <laughs> so uh, actually, for you people that are watching us, I was the one who like sent them a message because I wanted to be here. And now I am. Thank She's you. here yeah. now. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. It's exciting. So um, just, you know, we're getting to know each other, Icebreaker. So how'd you get into acting? Because that's like your, would you say that's your main gig? Like, yeah. Right yeah. now, I think that's my main gig. And... I love it so much. I don't see myself doing anything else. Like, that's the love of my life. Mm. I mean, I hope a man is the love <laughs> I should but for now, for now, acting is. Yeah. Um, How'd you get into it? When I was four or five years old, my mom used to... My mom, she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. We're in school now. Well, yeah. So she's <laughs> a teacher. So I guess she wanted... Me, I, mean, I have a brother. He's older. I guess she wanted us to, like, try different things to see what we like. And I really appreciate that about her. And, and yeah, so we started doing different things. Like, I don't know, karate, and like English. Yeah. And like, different things. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like anything. But when I was started dancing, I was like, wow, what is this? I like this. So I started dancing. Then I realized I had a teacher who was also an actress. So I saw her doing, like, this performancey thing where she was acting but also dancing. And, and I told my mom. And I was at, probably I was, like, 11. Oh wow! I was like, I want to do that, and she was like, "If you do that already, you you you're dancing." I was like, "No, she's doing something else. She's telling you a story. She's showing us more than just. I mean, dancing is pretty complex, right? Like, and they yeah. tell you a story as well. Mm-hmm. But like, she was doing something else. It was more like a performance. So I went to like a free class of um, comedia musical, mm-hmm. and I loved it. So I stayed there for a little while. But then in Mexico, there's this. I don't know if you guys know what Televisa is. Yeah, yeah. So Televisa has its very own school, and it's free. Mm-hmm. So they used to, like, back in the day when I was 12, they used to do, like, little commercials. I see that. Do you want to be an actor? Free <laughs> classes. El sea de Televisa is for you, you know? So I was like, wait, what is this? I want that. So I told my mom, we went to the audition, and it was, like, more than 500 kids, 300 kids, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I got in. So that was my very first acting, like, serious acting school, where I was actually, you know, learning things. And, like, they they used to take us to the los photos, you know, to the set and everything, and they teach you how to, how to act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your first, like, acting gig? Like? Uh, La Rosa de Guadalupe. Oh, really? really? Yeah. What yeah. episode? Um, what was it about? Yeah. I'm so It was ashamed. super dramatic. <laughs> super dramatic. I was... <laughs> I was like 17 years old mm-hmm. and that was my first um, TV gig because before that I was doing theater and it was crazy because I was doing three at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I see it as like, you know, people that they do like three jobs. Yeah. That was me. I was like running from one play to the other play to the other play. And I was making like zero money. Well, not zero money, but like 300 pesos cada función, which means 
I don't even know how much that is in dollars. 300? 300? That's, that's 30 bucks, it's I think. Like, I was like yeah. 30 bucks per play. Wow. And yeah, I was that's like, not a lot, yeah. No, so I was, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I generally loved it. Like, I was losing more money, like, moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously use, like, um, public transportation. Yeah. But still, I was like, shit. But I loved it. Yeah. So I was doing theater first. And then my first um, TV gig was La Rosa Guadalupe. I was 17. And it was a story of a girl who was pregnant. Well, no. First, she had a boyfriend. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. How yeah. yeah. Only let me I mean, though, yeah. Okay. Is that <laughs> you? <laughs> You're playing a Yeah. <laughs> so she falls in love. She gets pregnant. The boyfriend goes to the United States to work. Then she's all by herself. She goes to her mom. It's like, Mom, I'm pregnant. She's like, no, fuck you. I don't want you in my house. She gets kicked out. Um, and then she goes to a hospital. She gives birth. And the hospital starts burning. So she just runs away without her child. Someone saves her child. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they take the child to her. And I was like, damn, oh. the whole point it was, like, was to not have the child. <laughs> Why are you giving away? it back? <laughs> she doesn't want it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and yeah, that was the story. Wow, that's cool. I, well, because I, I think here, like, a lot of Mexican-American kids, like, they, like, uh, it's, like, nostalgic to think about La Rosa de Guadalupe. Because right. I remember growing up, I remember, it's, like, so dramatic. Uh, there's, like, a lot of things that, yeah. like, uh, what, there was, like, one where, like, somebody gets kidnapped and they take, like, their eyes, right? <gasps> Do you, have you ever I seen that one? I don't think I don't think I've seen that one. No, I remember that's the one that I remember the most. I remember that one <laughs> kind of gave me like haunting imagery. Yeah, but uh, that's cool. I I'm, I'm, for all I know, I could have seen the episode that you were on, and that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with straight hair though. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, you know, I was gonna ask you about that. I read a. Uh, you know, would you consider it your biggest role or one of your biggest roles, uh, Betty in New York? Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, I I read that you actually auditioned with your hair straightened, right? Yeah. I wanted to know, what was the thought process behind that? Why did you straighten your hair? Because, ooh, this is interesting. Um, a lot of people think that Mexicans only look one way. And this is not Mexican for them, for anybody. Mm-hmm. I've been told by casting directors, like, oh, no, you look Dominican to me. Thank you. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm Mexican, born and raised. Both friends are Mexicans. But, like, that's, that has to be with, um, you know, colonization. Yeah, and that has to be like with erasing our identity and erasing who we are, and like all the Afro Mexican stories completely, completely erased because mm-hmm. they don't tell you about it. Because one of the things that I think are most um, violentas, violent, mm-hmm. it's not like if I'm telling you like you're worthless, I don't want to talk to you, you're shit. I'm not even like acknowledging your existence. That is very more violent, in my opinion. So that's what they did to a lot of people in Mexico. And like the erasure, the, right? The erasure of the story. Like, I, I don't want you to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to acknowledge that you exist. I'm just going to focus. There's only, and then we have this mito, el mito the, the myth of the mestizaje. Mm-hmm. That's a myth. That's not real. You know, they had all, the, all this shit of like la, las castas. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, my thought process was really. You were afraid trying of... Trying to fit in. Yeah. What? First, it was many things. Trying to fit in on what society told me a Mexican looked like, which is trash. Then two, trying to fit in in what society told me was pretty. Mm. Then three, 
trying to fit in an image of people on TV. Like, how mm. do they look? And I have to look like them in order to be in there. And that is really hard for, like, a young person. That's why, like, I try to do these things where they can listen and be like, oh, oh wait, I can be just myself? Yes, you can be yourself and still conquer the spaces that you want to conquer. Yeah. Looking the way you fucking look. You don't mm-hmm. have to have, you have to change. Because there's also, like, this all these beauty standards for people who want to be actors, not even actors, just to people. Mm-hmm. They must hurt. Like, I was recently on a movie set, like, two days ago. And they all look like cousins. Not judging to the females that, like, they love to look one way. Amazing. But for me, as a 26-year-old woman, who's read all these things, who's, like, who knows about this shit, mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to be in there because I felt like I didn't fit in. And if I feel that, like, I can imagine a 12-year-old girl who looked like me feeling like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're, you're beautiful, you're perfect, you don't have to change, beauty is a social construct. So the thought process behind me straightening my hair for auditions or everything, it was that. It was like, I need to fit in the image that they're portraying me all the time because if that's what it's on TV, then I, I'm supposed to be that because then if not, then I'm not going to be in there. Mm-hmm. So when they found that I had curly hair, they loved it. And I was like, wait, but I've been told technically, because it's not like you've been told like, Oh, um, Elifer, your curls and the way you look is not enough. No, you're not being told that. Mm-hmm. But the system is telling you that all the time. Yeah. Okay. At least that's what's being portrayed right? on it's television. Like, to be ke- cool, you gotta be white. To be cool, you gotta have like straight hair. To be cool, mm. you gotta be, I don't know, some type of way. You gotta be mm. like European-centered like features yeah. all like, around. Exactly. Yeah. Even, um, well, that's what I find especially interesting. Like, so was it difficult then? Like, I read in the same article that you, growing up, because you didn't see a lot of people like yourself on TV and movies, how did that impact your career beyond, like, even straightening your hair? I think it was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Because I, I once went to Brazil, because the show was popping in Brazil, too. And the first thing that happened to me when I came out of the plane it was like a bunch of little girls with curly hair, brown skin, different type of, like, I don't know, everything. And they just hugged me. And they started crying. I want to cry now. And I was like, this is so powerful. And I need, I need this in my life. I need them more than they think they need me. You know, like, I, <laughs> because it's like hugging my little younger self. Your inner say, child. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. hugging my inner child. I mean, like, this you deserve this space. Because also as Latinos, um, especially brown Latinos, but, like, also as Latinos, we thought that we don't deserve many spaces. That you, mm-hmm. you have to, like, be okay with whatever they give you. No, you deserve to take that, that space. You deserve it. So for me, that belonging part, and finding that belonging part, it's been really hard. Um, but those moments like that, like that's the reason why I do what I do. I don't do it because, oh, I want fame, recognition, and money. We all like money. <laughs> mm. But I, I, I do it because I feel there's a lot of people that can feel a little less alone. Mm-hmm. A little less um, Alone, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's important, too, because you're also breaking barriers, which only helps people in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, when you do Betty in, uh, in New York, 
like people will see that and they'll be like if somebody like you can do it then i can do it too and i guess that's what i was kind of relating it to is like i'm sure that was probably difficult for you to like look up as a little girl trying to get into like acting i'm sure it was difficult to be like well there's not a lot of people like me so maybe it'll be harder maybe you doubted yourself but you having that story with those little kids it shows you that you're already kind of giving that impact that you didn't have and i think that's really cool i think that's really cool it also uh, reminds me of what you're saying about the spaces it reminds me of imposter syndrome about how a lot of people feel as though they don't belong in spaces but one of the things that i remember i learned was that the fact that you are in that space already means that you belong if yeah. you didn't belong you wouldn't be there to begin with mm-hmm. um so i think that's like completely like i just really that resonated a lot with what you said yeah, yeah. and um just i guess moving on like a little bit more uh you said you were getting into music right how has that been? How has it been going from being an actress to being this like mu- musical artist? It's interesting because I feel it's about finding your voice. In life in general, everything, it's about finding your voice. Yeah. Who the fuck are we? Mm-hmm. Like, I think life is about that all the time. Like, we're constantly changing. And for me, music, it's, it, it makes me ask that question all the time. How do I so- sound like? What do I want to say with this? song like and right now i feel like i finally found my voice because i was making a lot of music but i didn't release any Mm. because one i thought it wasn't good enough which is a dumb thought Mm. but i thought it wasn't good enough Mm. and then two i didn't feel like myself Mm. because i also didn't want it to be if i want to be something on this planet it's just honest with whatever the fuck i do if i want to be something is honest like whatever that means i just i just want that so i i didn't my music was me if that makes sense like an extension of who i am because when you're acting it doesn't matter if you don't see it that way because you're you're a character you're someone else your body doesn't belong to you it's like someone else is existing through you but when you're making music it's about you and your experiences and how you want to tell them and what you think well at least for me you can portray i guess um characters while writing I don't know. I've done it. But right now, I feel I found this sound. I found my, my sound. Mm-hmm. So the change was... I, I actually used to live here in, in, in California, in Koreatown. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool, Koreatown. That's cool. Yeah, with my ex-boyfriend. My mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend, he's a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And I write poems, like poetry. Like, I would love to be, like, poetry slam. Like, I <laughs> love that stuff. I, I, re- I just write poetry. And he told me, like, wait, you sing. I'm like, yeah. And you write. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you rhyme. I was like, yeah. Why don't you, like, make your own music? I was like, no. Nah. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of taught me how to write songs, in a way. Not thought, I don't think you learned that. He just helped you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, like, finding something. And, and yeah, now I'm, I'm making music. And I'm happy, because... Yeah, specifically, I, I wanted to, I guess, touch on uh, Diosa, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's really interesting because I think you have it tattooed, right? Unless I have that wrong. Yes. So I, I wanted to ask, like, what's the, like, uh, importance of that? Like, why specifically that? Diosa. Well, goddess. It's so powerful to know that uh, it's going to sound so hippie. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but for me, it's like the higher version of myself, I want to be that. Or I am that, right? And that's a goddess. And like, goddess as in like, it's powerful. You decide, you know, the song says, 
yo soy quien decide si te acercas o me tocas. Like, I am the one who decides if you touch me. And not touch me just as in physically, of course physically. But like, if your words hurt me or not. Mm. You know, like, I'm the one who decides who enters this realm. So yeah, Dios for me is so important. So when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling down, when I'm, I just remember like, I got this. Yeah, it's I am my own, like my own goddess, and yeah. not in like an egocentric way, but more in like an confidence. powerful confidence. I can do this shit way, because also, I am my own. Like I'm the own adult taking care of myself at this point. I don't talk to my parents, at all. So it's like, I, I, I don't have time to be sad on bed because nobody's going to take care of me. I am the only one who's like, if I don't get up, then I'm not going to get up. Mm -hmm. If I don't bring myself soup, no one else is going to bring my, me bring me soup. Mm -hmm. If I don't go to the fucking doctor, no one's going to take me to the doctor. So like, I, I have to remind myself that I can't do this, that anything that happens is not really that serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it might be trash. It might be yeah. terrible. But how long is it going to last? It's just like, you know? Yeah. yeah. It sounds very empowering, like very uh, like feminist. Mm -hmm. Like oh. very like, you know, like the power is within yeah. you to take control of the things around your life. Yeah. And I like what you said too, the beyond physical, it's like almost like your, your spiritual. Like I, I, I interpret it as like sometimes you surround yourself by people who kind of dim your light or it could mm -hmm. be like in a toxic way. Well, it doesn't have to be romantic either. It could be like in either uh, friends or family or like uh, situations like you go to work and the people around, they surround yourself. I think I like that interpretation that you're saying because it kind of makes me see that uh, it's always within you to ensure that your life and whatever you go forward with makes you a better person. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what I interpret it as. And it relates to uh, my, my other question. So I saw in your bio you have you have actress and then you also have activista. So I want to ask you, what is it that you're like a big like activist on? Like, what is it you believe and why do you think that's important? Um, Anti-racism uh, in Mexico and Latin America and even here in the U.S. into in the Latino community, there's a lot of colorism and there's a lot of racism, but we don't like to see it and we don't like to talk about it because it's really uncomfortable. But I think it's really important to have uncomfortable conversations to build comfortable spaces mm -hmm. and yeah so anti-racism for me has been a huge part in my life because it's not that I one day I was like oh I'm gonna be an activist it's like I, <laughs> you have that in your bones or you don't yeah and I happen to have it I, I get I get so mad bro I get so mad <laughs> like when I see yeah. something that is not fair like and what is not fair is seeing 80% of people in Mexico are brown or just darker colors, skin colors, and only 3% or brown, uh, are brown actors out of 80%. The numbers don't add up. How do you call that? Well, I call it racism because that's what it is. Like, it's impossible to have a country with 80% brown people and just 3% portrayed on TV. And also that 3% is only portraying gang members, uh, rapists, cleaners, which is, you know, nothing wrong with some of those jobs, but why? Oh, only brown people do that? Mm -hmm. Only brown people are criminals? You know, like, why that 3% only belongs to brown people and, it's, first of all, it's nothing, and then second, why is it only reserved for those type of characters? Mm -hmm. So I feel 
I feel like we, as in like the TV film industry in our country, in Mexico, or Latin America in general, we need to change that. Because there's a lot of kids growing up, and I think that's why it's, why, why it's important, because there's a lot of kids growing up that they don't, they're never going to feel that they belong. And one of the things that I was reading is like white supremacy and colonialism brought this idea of the individual. But before that, everything was collective. And we as humans, it's ingrained in our bodies. Like we need to feel belonging, dignity, and love. Those are like literally human things that we need to feel. And white... Um, ideology. White ideology, um, colonialism, la blanquitud brought this individual idea and they brought this... Um, yeah, they, when you they kill the collective, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I think it's important, like yeah. to 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 talk about these things to create more spaces for everybody. Because if one can be here, many can be here. It doesn't have to be a reserved spot. Also about classism in Mexico, classism is really is is bad. Yeah, it's bad because they're only art. For example, is a privilege. So I understand my privilege. I understand the privilege I have of telling you the story at the beginning of saying, my mom took me to class. Yeah, because she had that opportunity. I had that privilege. But if I didn't, would I be here? I don't know, and that's trash. Because any kid, everybody, everybody deserves to make their dream happen. Yeah. At least having the chance of trying to make your dream happen. Mm-hmm. But what if you don't even have the chance? Just because your skin color? Just because of your zip code, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's why I do it, because I think it's important. And also because I feel like art, without a reason, is just pointless. Mm-hmm. I should be an engineer then. Mm-hmm. No offense to engineers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everything you're saying is, is, is I mean, yeah, like that, that's kind of like what we try to talk about, too, is that... Um, I, I like the point you brought up that a lot of people kind of don't want to acknowledge it. I really wonder where that comes from. Like, I wonder why people try to act like it's so blind. I think maybe it's like people are kind of afraid to acknowledge problems because then that means there's a lot of work to be done. Um, like, I, I had a friend tell me, like, it's as if you're looking up, like, at a mountain and then you're like, well, I know if I get to the top of the mountain, the view's going to be really nice. But the whole journey to get there is going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what it is, is that if you then acknowledge all the problems that you brought up, I think a lot of like industries and a lot of like uh, organizations are going to have to almost like start from scratch or like do all these things that they're like, they either just don't want to do out of like laziness, they don't want to do out of racism, or they want to do out of like, they're too individualistic, where they're greed of like, it's going to cost money. Yeah. Where it's going to cost money to do, like, these type of, like, fundings or programs to help out people who are in need of, like, more help. I don't think they want to share in the wealth. Mm-hmm. I think I that's... Th- yeah. I think it's also just them not wanting to acknowledge it. I think it's just, like, they're more still stuck in, like, no, like, this is about us or whatever. We don't want be to include them or whatever. Because I feel like it's also they're scared of change, like... I mean, if we saw that growing up, like I for sure saw that, but I never, I guess, put it together that that's what they were doing, that I never, like all the novellas that I would watch or like everything, like I never was aware that 
all the actresses were very like sitting I was just like, they're just acting. It's just a show that I'm watching. But then eventually you started seeing that, yeah, a lot of the people who kind of look like us or were brown were always in the background. And it's just like I was at, at a young age, I was never really aware of that. And so I started growing up and I realized that like there's some unfairness here. And I feel like some people maybe in that way also have that where they're not fully aware of it. True. Until eventually they're like, wait, like this isn't fair what they're doing. And then now that people are speaking out about it, the people who are in charge are like, no, like that's not how it is. Like it's been like that for years. So like, why are we going to change it now? Mm-hmm. And I think people are just scared of that change. Mm-hmm. And again, of that acknowledgement of acknowledging that they have been in the wrong for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you said it's it gives into their ego. Like it's like. I'm not wrong. I feel like what I'm doing is (laughs) right. Like I'm giving people opportunity. They're acting or like the big thing is right now, right? If, if there's crossovers and they're like, Oh, like we're putting Mexico on the top, but it's like, you're putting the wrong people at the top, which is not the right representation of what Mexico is. You know, like how she said, like 80% is Brown, but only 3% is in those, I guess, top uh, those spaces. Right. And it's just like, that's not the proper representation. And I think they don't want to acknowledge the fact that they have been, I guess, quote unquote, wrong of like giving the wrong representation. So I think that's what it is. Like, I think it's just it's been happening for years. Like how I said, like, I was really, really young when like watching those movies and and all that. And it's just like to like now what I was, I don't know, I started watching those when I was like five and now I'm like 26. And it's just like. For for that long time of, like, just no change, it's just, like, yeah, like, it's just hard, I guess, for them. But it's also, like, you guys also need to be aware of it, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, definitely. It, I mean, if go I ahead. Can, no, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think it goes, I mean, yeah, it's hard. And I think it goes a lot deeper than people, like, I guess, care to, to realize or really think about. Because, like, I mean, you think about um, how they used to do blackface or yellow yeah. face. They go to that extent to just not hire a black actor, mm-hmm. or they go to that extent to just that. not hire an Asian actor. Yeah. Um. Or cameras, right? The cameras are. We learned about this. The cameras are, um, specifically, and a lot of engineered mm-hmm. or tailored to white skin. Yeah. So it's a big deal when, like, a cinematographer or in the movie industry, they light black or darker skin really well because that hasn't been like yeah. the case for. I mean, there's hasn't been a lot of black actors. Like I think Get Out was a big like stuff like that was yeah. a big deal not just because most of the cast was black but because simple things yeah. like wow they lit his skin and it looks really well you know like it looks good you know so it's like it reminds me of, it's like the foundation started with that you know yeah. and there's like it goes deep you know um, even if you don't realize it I'm sure unconsciously mm-hmm. you know people see stuff and they're like nah I mean people like me don't don't be like act- they're not actors you know yeah. like people like me they're not directors I mean mm-hmm. look at them. They're yeah. all like super wide and handsome and they all come from like they all come from rich families yeah. and that's never going to be me, oh, you yeah. know? And so they quit on it, you know? So I think it's I think it just goes deep. I feel like yeah, the, yeah totally. To undo the foundation yeah. is like a really difficult task, oh, yeah, you know? For sure. And I feel like I guess going back to like her point of talking about like classes, right? Um I mean, where our parents are from, they're from like a very small town. Like they're not in the city, right? It's a really really small town of like I don't know, like 5,000 people yeah, like, maybe or smaller, yeah. or like two, maybe like 2,000 people or less than that. But like it's a small area where like even their schools like are so tiny and like 
they don't they don't get that many supplies like they're kind of forgotten you know because they're it's a small town you know like there's nothing there and i remember meeting a lot of people because we would go there constantly like during vacations and stuff with our parents and i would meet a lot of like kids and like i could see like their dreams and their aspirations to like be like singers or like poets or like hairstylists and like makeup and it's just like you see them there and they're there and i and i personally would always see their potential but it's just like they've never had opportunities to kind of i guess go more than that like to go to school you know to go to like a hairstyling school to a make like a, a makeup school or like acting school or whatever that is right and you could see them there but it's just like where they live and like them being like a family of 10 it's just like and their parents being like there's too many of you like it's either it's school or work you'll start working in like the farms and that's it and if you're and if they see that you're not serious about school they'll be like okay then you're gonna you're just gonna work and a lot of them at least at my age at the time they only ever made it to like second grade and then that was it and then they just started working no definitely and it's just like they don't get those opportunities you know like as others I, i completely agree i feel like um like, what is it like in, in like inner city schools or schools that don't have a lot of funding? The first thing they cut is like art and stuff, yeah. right? It's like, ah, it's not important. These kids are not going to do that anyways. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that thing where it's like, I think, I don't know off the top of my head where it comes from, but I think kids who, who come from uh, higher income backgrounds, most of the time they pick a career in the art mm-hmm. field, you know, um, because they have that opportunity, you yeah. know? And then you can think about how like, um, I think, who was it? It was Diego who brought it up, how like... Um, Sometimes it's considered not the safe route, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, don't do that. Like, that's just not people like us, you know? Like, yeah. we're not going to make it out like that. Like, mm-hmm. you got to work. You can't, like, you know, it's a privilege for some people. I mean, my dad was talking to me about how, uh, his friends back in the day and how uh, it was a really big deal to make it out of high school because he was like, all my friends were like, uh, they were all dropouts. And he was like, a lot of people would be like, oh, they're just dumb. And he's like, they weren't dumb. They were smart. Like, uh, they're smart in my opinion. He was yeah. like, but all the everything was in English. They didn't know English. They knew Spanish. And he was like, think about that. Like, everybody was racist back then. Like, teachers could hit you. Yeah. Uh, y- yeah. Can you imagine how embarrassing it is to go go up there and you're like, I don't know how to read this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to write this. You know, like, it's... Yeah. People don't realize how deep it goes and how connected it is. So, like, you know, it's tough, you know? Um, but, yeah. I think I, uh, it's interesting you brought up Diego. Diego was a guest that we had, uh, like, uh, two weeks ago, I would say. Um, and he brought up well, an interesting point where he also said that it's also uh, there's a different element to it, too, where it's almost sometimes our own people, too, who chip up other people because we're s- not aware of the subconscious like beliefs that we have. Like how we said, like, oh, you know, a lot of racism in Mexico or even here in the United States with Mexican-Americans. We don't understand that we're also perpetuating that idea, too, yeah. that there's stuff inside of us that we have to realize because sometimes we're the own problem. Yes, and I think that has to do with, you know, the system selling you only 2% is going to make it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's either that brown kid or this brown kid. So fuck you. Yeah. So we need to open more spaces so that doesn't happen. Because if I'm seeing that only three actresses make it, I'm going to be one of those fucking three. I don't care what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible because then you start. Yeah. I mean, I've never done that. But like, oh, yeah, I, mean, I get what you mean. Example, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I don't, I don't think that's the way we should think about it. It's yeah. like, I'm going to be there to open up space for other people who wants to be here, who wants mm-hmm. to conquer these spaces. 
who wants to have these conversations like you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it's as if like i imagine like a pie or something and like we we think that latinos or mexican or mexicans or, or brown people get like a little slither of the pie and so i'm like i want that piece so i'm gonna make sure he doesn't get that piece so i'm gonna like fuck with his alarm clock or something or i'm gonna put like pop his tires so yeah. he doesn't show up obviously an exaggeration but yeah. in in the in the metaphoric way of like I'm going to trip up other people who are also from the same background as me, who are also just brown people trying to fight against the odds. Because I, I think this myth that there's only a, we are only going to get this small slither of the pie. But in reality, we could get way more. We yeah. get the whole thing if we wanted to. But we've just been taught that we're only going to get that one piece. Yeah. And talking about the why the, do they don't change it. Why don't they, why don't yeah. they, why don't they change it? Yeah. 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 I think because also white people, they don't want to lose the, they don't want to lose a privilege that was just given to them for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm seeing my privilege, my privilege is threatened. I don't want to help you do whatever you're doing, whatever movement, social justice. I don't, I don't want to see it. I'm blind to it because I don't want to change what I gave, what I have granted for for just existing, mm-hmm. for just being white. Obviously, if I had that privilege, I wouldn't want to give it up. Just moving on a little bit, uh, I wanted to ask you, so how would you compare your life before you were casted in Betty in New York compared to after? And even now, a few years removed. Damn. Before, I was so focused on getting it. I was, doesn't mean I'm not focused right now, but at that moment, I was, my only thought was, I need to make this happen. 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 I used to have, what, two friends? Three friends? I I used to do the three plays at the same time. I used to do a lot of, like, a lot of things. And whatever I could do that get me closer to my dreams, I would do it. I used to interview musical artists. Um, I, I did a lot of things. I used to write scripts for Televisa Digital, or the entertainment program, like entertainment shows. So I also write. So I was doing everything just to be closer to the world that I wanted to be. And every no for me was, uh, oh, this is not for now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no? Oh, for now. I'll be back. You'll see me again. And I was this person who always, always showed up. And if one of my best friends, who I really admire, he always said, You have to be stronger. You have to be more talented. You have to be always on time. You have to be amazing at everything you do. Especially especially because who we are, where we come from, how we look. Like, you have to be perfect. You don't have the chance to fail. White people, they have the chance to fail. You don't. You don't fail. So always on time, I was always doing, like, 300 things. And then when Betty started happening, I was obsessed. Oh, because at that point, I was not booking roles. I, I did like three series, which was a lot. One, it was the Nikki Jam one. It was, I was in one episode playing a, a girl from Puerto Rico. I was like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Then I did La Piloto. I was in 60 episodes, and I was just the receptionist. And I say just that because I didn't have lines. Uh-huh. Just like two lines. Like, good morning. And that was it. <laughs> good afternoon. And that was it. But I was so happy with it. You know, like, and I had to kill that good morning. I had to kill that good afternoon. 
you know, like, yeah. and yeah, that yeah. was in my brain, like, yeah. that's gonna be the best good morning ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. in his life. They were like, cut. You were like, yes, yes, I killed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I did El Secreto de Selena only two episodes, and then when I, but I, I had that that thought in my brain of like, damn, I don't look like those actresses. What do I have to do? Like, ah, oh, damn, like, what do I have to do? Like, ah. yeah. So Betty came. And the first, by that time, they didn't have the name Betty in New York. They only had Betty La Fair remake, mm. right? And I was like, La Fair. If they're constantly, again, not directly to me, but like if the system is constantly saying that I'm not pretty, then, then I am her. Then this is my, like, this is mine. I was obsessed at that point. I was like, she has to be mine. Because it's going to prove me wrong. Because I'm a good actor. And I know I'm a good actor. And no one's going to make me feel that I'm not. Because I am. So if I can't be the prettiest one, I'm going to be the ugliest one. And I was. <laughs> and I was. The casting director looked at you and I was like, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it had nothing to do also with my looks. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, the, like the idea they had. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. So I started, I want to say studying, but I wasn't studying. I was leaving Betty. I literally was leaving her. Because the first audition I sent, it was improv. They wanted you to improv in English because she had to speak English because she was raised in the U.S. In the story, in, the, in our story, in Betty in New York. So my improv was, normally you do auditions with a, like a gray or white or just like plain background mm -hmm. but i was like well my room is so betty <laughs> <laughs> so i did it with my my room as a backdrop and and some improv and since that day since that first self-tape i sent away every day i would go to walmart dressed as betty talking to people buying things buying mm -hmm. things that she would buy saying things that she would say not talking to people Walking the way she would. So on the, the whole process was five, five auditions. So since the first one, I started doing that. I was literally obsessed. My mom was like, what are you doing? I was, like, <laughs> I was being Betty. Until that last one, because I kept going. Mm -hmm. And one, I received one yes, and I was like, yeah, I have to keep going. And then the next yes, I was like, yes, I have to keep going. And then the last one was a chemistry read. That's probably... Like, that's the, the last thing you do when you're about to book a role is a chemistry read. So you meet the producers and you meet the other person who's the other who's gonna be the other potential lead. They already chose that guy. This is a story that I've never told before. But I was like, I need to meet him before that. I need him to feel comfortable with me before going to set because if not, we're gonna take the camera to feel comfortable. I want him to go on camera and already be comfortable. So I sneak into his green room. <laughs> I wow. was like, I was like, fuck, what am I doing, bro? Mm -hmm. But that was my chance. I had to take it. Like, he opened, like, hi, nice to meet you. I just want to introduce myself. I'm Elifer. I'm going to be playing Betty too. And I really admire you. I really like your work because he's Elike Elias. He's yeah. a really famous guy in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Well, in Latin America, I think everywhere at this point. Yeah. So, like, I really admire you. I really like what you do. And he was like, yeah, cool. And then we started just talking about anything. Mm. 
And when they called us, we already broke the ice. It was like super. Yeah, that's wow. good. It reminds me. It reminds me of a. You're taking opportunities that people who weren't like you wouldn't have taken because it's that important to you. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So there's like, uh, we talked about this on a previous episodes where we were saying that like people from like our background, brown Mexican Americans, well, brown Mexicans, I guess you could say, uh, they're usually supposed to be the ones to be outward like that because we're the ones who are at a disadvantage. So we have to do what we got to do to make sure we get the advantage. And so I really like that story because it just shows you that you really wanted it that bad that you had to make sure, like, no, like, I'm going to go ahead of time to make sure our chemistry is good. That's cool. And so it was good. Yeah. And he remembers that. And I told him, you know that I went look for you? <laughs> I didn't have free time. They, they wouldn't leave us, let us leave from our green rooms, each Betty, because it was three Bettys. And I met the other Bettys, too, the other girls that were, like, for mm -hmm. the same role. It was just three of us. And he was like, I like that about you. When you knock on the door, like, hi, I want to introduce myself before that. Nobody does that. I was like, damn. I, and I was happy I did it. Because that changed, I guess. I wouldn't say, I don't know if that did it. But 100%, that helped. And I know that. Opportunist. Yeah. It breeds success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And also, like, it was important for me because I wanted to say what she was feeling. Like, what Betty was feeling, I was feeling. At that mm -hmm. point in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, this representation thing. She lives in this um, fashion world where all these models exist and she's there. And I was like, I feel like that. Mm -hmm. I feel just exactly like her. And I don't want anybody to feel like that. I want everybody to feel just part of something. This belonging. Yeah. You, want <laughs> <laughs> you want everybody to feel like everything's cool, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I feel that. Everything's cool. I have one last question before I move it on to Brandon. I just wanted to ask you a super simple question. So now that you've been in Mexico and you've been in the United States, what are some pros and cons of being in either country? Ooh, in Mexico, this, there's a lot of freedom. Freedom as in, like, for example, here in California, you, can, you cannot walk anywhere. And I feel that you're kind of trapped if you don't have a car. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. In Mexico, you can walk anywhere. Just take a bike and go everywhere or like this freedom of doing a lot of things might, that might be a little illegal <laughs> but you can't do them in mexico <laughs> just, a, just a little illegal just a little just bit just a little yeah. illegal yeah. that's yeah. ironic because usa is supposed to be freedom i was gonna yeah. say yeah that's, so funny. that's what they want to sell you oh, oh. Nah, just deep deep decolonize your mind decolonize your mind. yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just that, that's a pro in mexico what else people People. people in Mexico are so super pro. Like, I was talking to a friend, Natalie. She was telling me how, at least here in California, I've never been to a club club. Like, I've never been clubbing here. But when you go to the girls' bathroom, they don't talk to you. Really? They, I don't know. I've never been. Mm -hmm. But they just look at you like like a competition kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Also with dudes. Like, they're competing. When you go to the... People from Mexico that have, have been in, like, Latin America, when you go to the bathroom, like, the girls' bathroom, we all share everything. Even the men. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, hey, oh, my God, I love your dress. I love your hairstyle. Oh, your bra is showing. Let me help you with this. You want some lipstick? All that. You know, like, you, be, you, have, you become friends with other girls in the club. So yeah. I think that's another thing of, like, here it feels more like a competition. Mm-hmm. All the time. 
And in Mexico, it's just feel like everything's friendly. Everything's cool. We're all on like a vacation. <laughs> kind of mouth <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and here, the press about here. Um, <laughs> no, no, wait, no. <laughs> Long pause. No, no, no. Um, I guess I love it here. <laughs> like, yes, but why? She's you're like, like, you're like, oh. she's like, there's work, uh, more work. It's like, that's another thing, you mm-hmm. know. Like every time I come here is because I have to work. Uh, yeah, you haven't been able to just experience, yeah, venture out here. But I mean, uh, this is a lot of people's reality. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that I'm saying every time I come here is because I have to work. So I guess that's why I like Mexico too, because I have my best friends and I get to go out and I do more things. And here's just like work, 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 money, yeah. making money, money, <laughs> work. Yeah, yeah. Hustle, hustle, hustle grind. Hustle. Yeah, yeah. Grind. I Which like I love, but it's like it doesn't leave a lot of room for fun. Yeah. Or yeah. good memories. You're like, well, exactly. I mean, I'm just here grinding, trying to make a living. <laughs> exactly. Trying yeah. to make like, because I want to break into the American market too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want to do next. Yeah. How's that been? Hard. It's hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it is it because uh, of the accent? Is that why? They told me once about yeah. my accent, and I wrote this thing out of rage. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, read She's it. She's like, let me pull out the Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> that I've been waiting to read somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect time. Yeah, because I think uh, I like when you were talking about your music and I like what you were saying, how like it's just you because I think they're just like art is an extension of the soul. Mm-hmm. So I, I really I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> what the fuck is an American accent? If America is ba- made by stolen land, if America was built by immigrants, if America is moved by La Raza, if America has people from everywhere, it's like a puzzle that was put together. If more than half of America used to speak my language. If you, you, if you read this story, you'll realize que esta es mi tierra natal. And you're the one que se la vino a robar. Que el idioma que yo hablo should be the official. Because since I was born, they're trying to silence me. And now they're telling me that I can speak like me? Yes, my tongue is built different. Because it can speak three languages, while theirs can only speak one. My voice will sound different because it'll carry the sound of my land. My story is trapped in the way I pronounce. I can hear my mom when I roll my R's. My abuelas laugh when I speak out loud. How white do you want my accent to be considered American? How white do you want my skin to be considered American? My accent is American because I am American. I am not the issue. The issue is your stereotype of an American. The issue are your ears that can listen to me. I belong here as much as they do, but yet the way I speak is not too good for them. Que chingados es un acento americano. And it's not done. But I'm writing it. Wow. No. <laughs> that was really good. Wow, that I was really that. good. Wow. All because they told you. Damn, that was good. Yeah. I mean, that's valid. That's a Your your rage is valid. They tell you, you yeah. can't, you're not speaking the English all well. You were also spitting some facts, some bars in there. No, yeah. I feel like that very much resonated a lot with me because I feel like it is a struggle here. I mean, being in spaces where you don't see yourself constantly, it's it's kind of hard to, I guess, continue and just, like, hear the criticism a lot. So I feel like that, uh, what you read right now is really, really nice. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny beautiful. enough. I it think, was beautiful. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of Mexican-Americans can actually resonate with that because I think a lot of Mexican-Americans speak English with an accent, even though they were born here. Yeah. That is crazy. Because... 
seriously, what is an American accent? Everybody's from everywhere. Like you're Michoacan and also like Asian. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like Mexican American and I'm Mexican. But I've lived here mm -hmm. and I've worked here. And there's a lot of people that moved here when they were babies or they were born here, but they still have an accent. Yeah. Or they speak two languages. Or like, and I just like, and also like the fact that America is called America is like, no, the whole continent is called America. Mm -hmm. And it's just so self-centered. Yeah. So people grow up here, no offense to anybody, but like I feel everybody grows up here really self-centered. And, like, in Mexico, there's usually, like, more collective things. Yeah. That's oh, why I yeah. love movies. It's collective. Mm -hmm. My job is as important as the camera guy. If without him, I cannot do my job. Without me, he cannot do his job. Yeah. Like, I love ab that about films mm -hmm. and series and TV. And I think that's why I'm into it, too. Yeah. Because it's family. And we all matter. And we all try to have the same goal, which is, oh, we want... A good film. Yeah. That's our goal. And we work together towards that. Yeah. I yeah. feel like our family values are, are, or just the family dynamic is very embedded in our culture. Because, I mean, I feel like <clears throat> growing up, my mom would always talk about it of, like, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks as long as you have your family with you and, like, with them, mm -hmm. you know? And I think we all grew up with that collective of, like, having the family still um, succeed together. Um, and I think that's why it's so embedded in like the Mexican culture because it's it's like that, you know, we're all family. And I think that's the biggest value that we all have. And I feel like meeting a lot of people, their number one value is always family, at least like a lot of like Mexican people that I meet. Their number one value is always family. And I think it's just like something that's just very embedded. And a, a little bit going back to like the whole thing about America. I remember this is just like a small story. I remember because um, Fourth of July happened recently. And um, I had to work that day and they were saying like, oh, you guys remember like if you guys are going to, I guess, celebrate Fourth of July, like you guys should come in like the the blue, red and white. Right. You guys should if you guys want to like paint your faces or whatever. And I remember when they told me that and I was kind of like, I kind of want to I kind of want to wear the Mexico colors low key. And I was like, I feel like I want to give the representation of myself and who I am as a Mexican-American. So I did both. I did, I did like, my makeup, and I did the American colors, and I did the Mexican colors. And you saw me. I had, yeah, like, my outfit, I did, too. Yeah, yeah. I had, like, the, the like, the, <clears throat> the off-the-shoulder, like, Mexican, yeah. like, shirt. And then I had my Diggies pants. And I remember, I wasn't going to go like that. It was really hot, though, so I had to change. But at the time, like, <laughs> um, it was so fucking hot. I was sweating really bad. I couldn't wear pants, so I ended up putting on just a regular dress. But I remember I wore that because I wanted to make a statement to everyone that I worked there because predominantly, like, it's still very white, like, centered, and it's still very much, like, there's not that many of people who look like me in, in, in my workplace. So I just wanted to show that and give it still, like, the american uh, it was a red top i wore a blue ribbon and then i just wore like black pants and i was like i want to show that like this is america like america isn't just white people or like whatever their style is like america is us because we built the country like we helped everything with like black and brown people built this country and i wanted that representation to be on the day of the independence because i was like yeah. it isn't just white people there's more people in that story that helped, you know? And I feel like that's why I wanted to do it. And that's why I kind of 
included both the colors and i was ready like it, i was ready if someone was gonna give me shit about it i was gonna be ready to be like bro this is america like america is diverse it's not just white people it's not just them like where's the representation or like where's the change in that and i remember i wanted to make that statement it didn't happen just because well at least the fit didn't happen because it was really really hot <laughs> but <laughs> it was the that idea was, it was the idea that i had in my head because i was like it's not just about them it's about all of us and it's i like being inclusive yeah. so i was like i want to make that statement of like i'm gonna make myself inclusive and in everything if you guys are gonna make it then i'm gonna make it myself kind of thing yeah i mean that's important too because if you think about it the there is no mexican americans there is no black americans all those people are just americans yeah that yeah. i'm sorry just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> like, that no, yeah. but yes because yeah. we've been told that then we should call them white americans or how mm-hmm. american americans yeah. american american <laughs> yeah. american square yeah well yeah i mean the only real americans are the indigenous people yeah and they mm-hmm. act like they're the foreigners yeah. so like, i don't even know how they get to get away with that yeah. but uh yeah you know that's a whole other like yeah that's thing. that's like, like a whole other episode <laughs> we could go into like, Damn. Yeah. yeah but uh, i'll pass it on to you brandon yeah um uh so i had a quick question before the question i'm gonna ask because i just realized in my head i needed i kind of felt like asking you was um how do you identify? Do you identify as Latinx, uh, Chicana, just Mexican? Because uh, I feel like your opinion's important because you're representing the community. So I just kind of wanted your opinion on what you rep- uh, you uh, identify as. Uh, just Mexican. Just Mexican? Mexican and Latina. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for asking. It's a really... I don't feel people ask that mm-hmm. ever. Mm. And it's a cool thing to ask. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mexican. I guess to also give, like, the representation, you know, like, I, I, I always think it's good to ask because you never know how somebody wants to represent themselves or, like, showcase mm-hmm, themselves. Sure. Um, and I feel like that's why, like... Yeah, because yeah. identity is important, you yeah. know? Also, I don't know if you've guys seen, but, like, all the movies, series, TV shows, everything that they do here about Latinos or, like, Mexicanos or Mexican-Americans... Is it just me or is like misrepresented? Right? Is it what? Como que misrepresented? misrepresented. Misrepresented in what sense? Like misrepresented in the, like, the way w- it's in the America? Like in the United States, I mean? Even or? the way you guys speak. Even the way we speak. Even the way, you know? Oh, yeah. like how they add in like slang. The way they add in slang. Like, yeah, uh, they try to, they yeah. force it so bad. Like, it's like, me and abuela. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go eat with my abuelita mas yeah. rato. What do you think? It's like. Yeah. No, yeah. Right? I, think, well, I, guess, I think a lot of it is like. A little stereotypical. Oh, yeah. Well, I I mean, that's kind of my question was that, like, uh, what's your opinion on on, what your opinion was on, like, representation now? Um, Just in general, like, how do you feel about it? Like, do you think it's accurate? Do you like what are your takes on it? I think now is changed in Mexico. They're making a big change. And I'm so thankful for that. Like, I can see a lot of shows and like movies, not a lot, but more than I than it used to be with different characters doing different things not only one kind of character not only one stereotype not only one look of actor now there's a lot because in mexico right now the industry is huge seriously it's huge and we well i say we as in mexico export everything all the contents to the whole world now it's not just like oh it's a local product it's just mexico no, Mexico, we do films and movies that goes all over the world. 
and they watch our series in Brazil and in Spain and like everywhere the way they speak Spanish in the world, which is a lot of places, Mexico and Latin American. Um, I forgot the word. Culture? Productions. Oh. <laughs> Mexico and Latin American productions export everywhere. But now I'm, there's a lot of like inclusiveness mm. and that's beautiful um but i think we need more mm-hmm. and and i think um a little bit like um the networks are like what are we giving you you already have your two characters it's like yeah we need everything mm-hmm. we want everything we want same spaces same opportunities like they don't still don't get it sometimes but i feel it's more open And I think it's going to happen more. Also, with, what ha- with, with what's happening right now here in the U.S. With the, the strike the with strike. the strike of the writers and the actors now. I think they're going to make important changes. Also, I don't know how the industry is here that mm-hmm. much. I mean, I've worked here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hollywood, that area. Like, I don't know yeah. how that is mm-hmm. that much. I, I want to know. Hopefully, I will know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But... But this, what we're saying, like, I feel it's misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Like, immigrants are so, not underrepresented, but misrepresented. Because mm-hmm. they always tell the story of, oh, the suffering, and everything is, like, mm-hmm. brownish, no? The sepia. Yeah. We made that joke in Mexico a lot. Like, oh, no, Mexico to the, to the to Americans, they must see it with, like, a filter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a brown filter. That's the way oh. they see it. So, so I feel it's misrepresented misrepresented i i feel like maybe i don't know because i thought of um because as you were talking i kept thinking about the shows that i watch um and i feel like a lot of them do kind of resonate so like the whole thing about immigration right i feel like it's because here a lot of us kind of grow up in that story of like our parents came here from a different country where they didn't have opportunities um i think of this show called hentified it was Mm, on netflix um And I remember the most powerful part was, I think, he, I think he's the grandpa and he was talking about like, I came here like for a different opportunity for my kids, but I didn't know how to raise kids though. Like I didn't know how to raise them. And I feel like I only could raise them with what, with what I thought I could, you know? And I feel like if that was bad and I get that now I have really bad relationships with my kids and I'm trying to redo them with my grandkids. But even then I still don't know how to raise kids because they didn't know anything. Right. And I feel like, I remember him like having giving a whole speech and I feel like it really resonated because I was like, I feel like that's just how we kind of also grew up. And I feel like we're still in the beginnings of like having our stories kind of told. Um, and I feel like that's why there's a little bit of the misrepresentation, at least to in Mexico. Right. Because that's not really how it is there, but it is kind of here. And I don't think it's going to be like that all the time. And I hope it's not always just always talking about like immigration and just like different things that I guess happen here. But I feel like it is that way because maybe it's just still the beginnings of everything. And that's only what we can relate to it right now. And hoping that now that like there are these shows that are coming up that like there starts to be kind of this beginning and transition of getting them out of just talking about like immigration and all that stuff. I um, think that's a th- like a, a thing that's part of your life, but it doesn't have to be the main thing of the show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, Elifert is not just like let's say the story of a Mexican. 
Mm-hmm. Why is that interesting? I want to yeah. see the story of a girl who's making her dreams happen. Mm-hmm. And she happens to be Mexican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She happens mm-hmm. to be an immigrant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that's one of the main reasons why Betty resonated so much in 2019 when he came out. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people watched it. Mm-hmm. And why a lot of people liked it. It's because it's a story of a girl falling in love, making her dreams come true. She just happens to be an immigrant. You know, like it's not the main yeah. part of the story because it's not the main part of anybody. Well, I mean, yeah. it is really important. Yes, it is. It's part of our identity and we don't yeah. have to like erase it. We have to acknowledge it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be the main yeah. thing. Yeah, You know, like yeah. the main thing about this conversation is not the way we speak. Mm-hmm. It's who we are. What we're saying, what we have to share. And if I don't know how to say something, then I'll say it in Spanish. Pero it, it's not the main, mm-hmm. why they write it. Like, it's like, oh, no, pero like, let's write that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's just. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we deserve to tell our stories in primera persona. Yeah. Don't bite someone who is interpreting how you think. It's like, no, it's, that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where it comes from. I think that's where those lines that everybody makes fun of from Netflix, where mm-hmm. it's like my my abuela and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it comes from because it's written from people who aren't connected with the culture yeah. or aren't from the culture. It's what they think that we talk like. Yeah, and like you said, it's misrepresented. Yeah. So, and uh, I feel like we're just in the first wave of it, right? Because yeah. again, back then or maybe a couple years ago, we didn't see that many people who were main characters and Mexican or brown, right? We were all, again, they were always in the background, and I think we're getting into that wave that we are now the leading actors, you know. But there's still the background is still that they're being written by somebody who isn't brown, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm like saying, like, I think that's why right now there's a lot of that misre- misrepresentation mm-hmm. because it's still the first wave, you know, like it's yeah. still a little bit, but hopefully it gets better and it's not about immigration anymore like those are important they're important topics yeah but it's not the only thing about us or our stories yeah you know no yeah it's like it's like you guys have hopes and dreams and like all that stuff i'm not just you're not just always thinking about like oh i'm an immigrant you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. i don't wake up in the morning the first thing i'm like (laughs) immigration sure tough you know No, yeah, and that's what I'm saying, like, you know how even in award shows, right, now they're starting to be a lot more, I guess, Latinos winning, like, award shows, right? Um, What's his name? I forget his name. De Toro, I think that's... Oh, Guillermo De Toro. Yeah, like him winning awards, right? They're yeah. starting to be that small representation of winning an Oscar or something, yeah. or, and like, I just have, winning those I things. I have mixed feelings with Guillermo del Toro. I love you, Guillermo del Toro. I want to work with you. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. I think he's going to see this. Right? Disclaimer. <laughs> this, this, this is, this, if you're Guillermo del Toro, keep watching. <laughs> if, you're, if you're Guillermo del Toro please and you're watching, watching, I know, please. Yeah. I love, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, you say oh. something first before I say anything. I, I love you. Please hire me. Now you can keep going with your life. If you're, no, Guillermo this is for you. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, you know, his movies sometimes are super, like, with Spanish people. White mm. Spanish people. Like, El Laberinto del Fauno, The Pan's Labyrinth. It's one of my favorite films in the whole world. But it's like, wait, why don't you tell our stories too, Guillermo? You're from here. You're, like, literally from here. But I guess it's a little bit, and I don't know, eh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's doing everything now, which I love. 
But at the first beginning of his career, he was just telling those stories. And I was like, I wonder if it was because of the same reason I was straightening my hair. Mm. Yeah. To fit in the idea of this is what a filmmaker should yeah. do. Yeah. And now he's doing whatever he wants because he can, because he's a god. Mm -hmm. And he's literally, I love him so yeah. much. He's a legend. I think that's what, he's a legend. That's what it is, right? It's like you give to the audience what you think they'll like. And at the time, you know, it's seeing a lot of white centric stuff, right? Yeah. Seeing. Well, I'm sure that's hard. And I guess I had a little bit of a question to that for you. Cause it's like, I'm sure that affects your art, right? Cause I feel like from an art perspective, you can't really be like, I'm going to make this cause I think you'll like it. You have to make it because, like, I like it, right? And I think when you're in that box of, like, well, I can't be me because they don't like me. Yeah. I'm sure that's really mm -hmm. difficult. Um, so did that affect your acting? Like, did, did you notice that it got better when you when you were, like, okay, I can be me by myself, you know? Yeah. With Betty? With any role, actually? I don't think. This sound, This might sound weird, but I generally, it's not, elef it's not my consciousness, I'm not conscious, like, as in, like, Ellerford. Sometimes I've, and my, the people I've worked with, even with a self-tape, my friends, when they help me, like, how do you feel it? I was like, I don't know. I have to see it because I don't know what I did. Because right now I'm not like, oh, I'm going to move my hand this way. So they see that I am floating. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, we don't live like that. Mm -hmm. We're not self-conscious. It's not like, oh, I'm sitting this way so they can see that everything's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna send that message no it's just because this is the way I sit like so we do things so when I'm acting I'm never like self-conscious I'm mm -hmm. just I mean you have to be self-conscious at some point like I'm not gonna be like acting covering my face like you have to have that consciousness of like okay I'm working for a camera and my light and I don't have to, and I have someone with me and but you're not conscious in like what is my character think your character's just thinking but Elifer is not thinking I know it's weird, but I, that's the <laughs> way I do my, my work. So I never, with my acting projects, I never think like, what is going to people, but with music though. So when I'm acting, I don't, like that's a thought that it's never there. It's just, I'm existing. And also like the director is telling you things that are fitting your art and it's like a collective work again. But with music, I used to make a lot of things because I thought that's what people wanted. So I was like, I'm not releasing anything until I found my sound, thing, until I found what I like. And I started creating, creating, I have like 50 songs, 70 or more, I don't know, that I'm not going to drop ever because I was trying to find sounds and I was exploring and I have many um, audio voice messages and like studio sessions and like I have... I was just exploring because at first I was doing it because of that. Like, oh, I, people need to like me. I need to drop something they're going to like. But once you start thinking that, it's like a way of saying to yourself that you are not enough. But that message is to yourself. So I decided that I'm not going to do that. Not even we guys. Because like now taking it more like deeper into other areas of your life, we do that all the time. We do that all the fucking time, not just with art, but like in general, like we go on dates thinking I want him to like me instead of thinking, do I like him? And that like my therapist told me about that. I go, I used to go on dates like, oh, I need, to, I need him to like me. I'm going to be super funny. I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be, no, do I even like this dude? I'm going to see if I like him first. 
oh wait i don't even like him fuck and if i want someone to i don't want people to like me at this point but if i want to be with someone they're gonna like me because they just like the way i am because i don't want to be uncomfortable and i don't want to be faking who i am all the time and for me love not just like romantically but like love in general it's about feeling comfortable with your friends like with my best friend i'm not scared of saying anything with my with my friends i don't I, i just feel comfortable with who i am but that thought of i i need them to like me and i just i i think everybody goes through that thought in every section area in every area of your life you want because you want to be part of something because you want to feel again that word keeps coming to me mm-hmm. um you want to feel i have fox and maybe Like you belong? Like you belong. Yeah. You want to feel like you belong. Because we need that. Mm-hmm. Pero, see, now like when I'm creating something, if I vibe with it, I, then I love it. If I'm dating someone, if I vibe with it and they vibe with me, then cool. But uh, the first question is, do I like whatever I'm doing? Do I like how this is making me feel? Because we're so, also as Latinos or Mexicans or whatever, We used to think uh, we're people pleasers. I was like, uh, whatever you feel comfortable with. No, even with like small things. I don't know, like, oh, no, no. If you're comfortable, then I'm comfortable. No, right now I'm not. Well, today I'm not scared of saying what I need. I'm not comfortable with this. The way you're treating me, I don't like it. You're not going to change it. Well, then sorry, you cannot be in my life anymore. I was recently dating someone. Not dating, but like, you know, the talking stage. Mm-hmm. That that two-month talking stage yeah. where you're like into now, almost into the relationship and you're like, oh, okay, we're close. <laughs> and I thought it was my healthiest. No, I didn't thought it was my healthiest relationship so far because we had that communication a lot. We, we created those, because you create that. You create those comfortable spaces. Spaces are not comfortable. You have to make them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to, well, then you're in a problem. You're going to have a lot of issues because you don't know how to communicate what you need. And I thought, even with the label I'm working right now, I was too scared to ask him for an Uber because I didn't want to bother. Oh, do you think they care when you're royal discount? They don't care. They don't care when you're... Is she going to feel uncomfortable? Are we taking part of her loyalties? They don't feel uncomfortable. Then I'm not going to feel uncomfortable. Same with the dude. He feel uncomfortable. He's putting his... T- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no. We all collectively want to be comfortable. Mm. It's like... I don't know. Toxic relationships for me are funny. Not funny, but... <laughs> it's, it's weird because they both want the same thing. They just want love. Um, affection. And radical ter- tenderness. That's what they want. But they don't know how to ask for it. And I feel that's when it comes like, just like, I fucking hate you so much. Why? Because you're not giving me what I want. I want love. I want a fucking hug. But I'm not getting it. So I fucking hate you. And I'm gonna, because it's the only way I know to show affection to someone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like communication and being like, I'm yelling because I don't know other way of communicating. But you need vulnerability for that. You need to put your ego aside 
and be like, this is what I'm feeling. It's really uncomfortable. I had one conversation with this guy, but we don't we don't talk. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk anymore. But when we used to talk, I was like, I'm feeling really uncomfortable with something. I don't like this. And I was like, and I'm really mad. But I don't I don't want to be. I, I am really mad. I could punch someone right now. I'm overthinking. And he would say, if you're overthinking, I will over over explain. Oh my god, this is so sweet. <laughs> and then he wants out of we went out uh, we were in out. And he came to me and was like, I feel so insecure. Out of nowhere. I was like, this is, a spe this is the man that I want to be with. The one who can come, put his ego outside, put all his vulnerability and be like, I feel so insecure. I was like, about what? And he, and he said, about everything, I'm not. And about a lot of things that you like. Because you like this certain type of like tools. And I am not. I'm not that. And I feel so insecure. But imagine the amount of balls that he had to have to say that. I want to be with that guy who's willing to say that and put all his ego down. And I was doing the same. Al final, it didn't work. Um, he was talking to his ex. Oh. Mm -hmm. Red flag. Super red flag. Because he wasn't ready. But yeah. he could have said that two months mm -hmm. before. Hey, hi, how are you? You could have said that two months ago, bro. <laughs> <laughs> how did i switch up the question to so to uh, me, me fui? I me fui. <laughs> it's okay um it's i, I guess to kind of return a little uh i was gonna ask um <laughs> if you've ever encountered i'm sure you have if you've ever encountered uh stereotypes um and typecasting and um how you kind of go about your roles and ensuring that it's like it's proper and it's respectful and it's good representation and to kind of avoid that i've said no to some things mm -hmm. that they've offered me, I've said no. And the first time I said no, I cried a lot. Because, you know, the story I told you before, is like I was doing everything I could. I was interviewing artists. I was doing everything I could. But then I understood the power of saying no, too. Of how me portraying that is going to make more harm to my people. Or to what I believe. So I rather don't do it. If someone is going to do it, someone else is going to do it. I'm not. It's hard because you're saying no to money. You're saying no to a big network. You're saying no to a lot of things. But you're saying yes to yourself. Why do I want to cry? We don't know. You're saying yes to yourself. And you're saying yes to dignity. And there's no amount of money that can buy dignity. So it's hard. It's hard because you're scared. Because it's like everything I've built, it can just slip away. But if I believe in it, I'm going to take the risk. A lot of people a lot of people have told me, like, that's dumb. But my friends' friends, who are also actors that I admire with all my heart, they're like, yes, I've done the same thing. And I don't regret it a bit. And again, there's personalities. There's a lot of people who's going to do whatever. And that's cool. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel a little bit too hippie. And I should, mm -hmm. and I think I should chill. But again, for who? Sabes? And that's when I, I like, no, this is just, I'm intense. I'm intense. And, yeah. and I like the way I am. Mm -hmm. And not in a way like, I'm never going to change. Cause that people, no. 
I, I'm learning and I'm like growing. But yeah, also when you already have a role and you read that something is like, ugh, this is so stereotypy. Just try to see how to flip it around with the director. Like, hey, look, this is what I think. What do you think? I think this could add more to the role. What do you think? And and they'll tell you. Again, saying what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, and also, but also thinking that it's a character. It's not me. So that's another thing that I should keep in my head. Like, this is not me. For example, if I do a killer, well, I'm not a killer. And like, oh, killing is wrong. I'm not going to act like a killer. No, that's 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 my job. Like, that's what <laughs> I do. But so I'm I'm showing the other side of the coin. So I could be both 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 sides. Like if I'm playing a, I, I don't know, like a racist. Well, I'm showing that part. You know, like I'm I'm showing it the. Sí, el otro lado de la moneda. You know, mm-hmm. and. But acting, I feel it's a little. But with my music, I decide what to say. With what words I'm gonna say it. How am I gonna say it? Because that's me. Aquí, pues, this is me. But acting, siento que es un poco. I wouldn't say off limits, but yeah, sometimes you can't really, you can decide before doing the project, but once you're there, you're there and you have to do what you have mm-hmm. to do because that's your role and that's your, you, you're, you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I used to think, como que, I know my character so much and the writer wrote something that my character wouldn't say. Well, if it's written, then your character is saying it. So you can't be like, my character wouldn't say that. No, well, it's saying it. So you have to find a way that your character believes in that too. So it's, cre- and you cannot judge your characters. Well, I don't judge my characters. I can't. That would be illegal. No, I'm just <laughs> But you can judge your characters because how am I going to portray something or someone that I'm judging? How do I have empathy for someone that I'm judging? And to act, you need a crazy amount of empathy. So I, I, I don't judge my characters. Even if Elifer, me personally, because I have a lot of like boundaries, whatever, even if I think something's wrong, I cannot judge the character because there's a reason why that person is doing what, what it's doing. This, this sounds terrible, but as an actor, this, this is the way you should think when you're creating. Because if not, you're, you're not going to create meaningful things. Mm-hmm. Let's say a killer, right? You have to find... The justificación. How do you say that word? Justification. 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 Mm-hmm. School. Nice. <laughs> Your school, bro. Yo sabo. ¿Cómo se dice? Today's word of the day. <laughs> class. Justification. justification. <laughs> so you have to find the, the justification. Justification. justification for those actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either you personally think it's wrong or not, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Why is your character doing it and why is it cool for him or her? Why for for that character, why does it make sense? Yeah. Because he has to make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. That makes sense. No, yeah, I think I, that's really interesting. I get that. Um, just a couple more questions before I pass it off to Julie. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think the benefit the benefit is for representation to like a broader audience? I feel like broader audiences have a harder time understanding representation i feel like they take it as a threat they take it as like oh it's forced like you're just you know what do you think the benefit is uh for someone who isn't latino who 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 is part of a community that is heavily represented Ooh. 
Verga. <laughs> <laughs> that one got her. <laughs> yeah. I, I generally don't know. But it's a really smart, interesting question that I should ask myself. And it's crazy because, yeah, I guess people that are heavily represented. I was talking to my friends. And one of the fears of acknowledging your privileges and like having to let them go and, and acknowledging all these things that we're talking about is like they're scared that the oppressed one thinks the way the oppressor thinks. That's what you're scared. That's why you don't want us in that position because you think we think like you. We don't. We don't think like you. So I think one of the things I think <laughs> <laughs> is like everything is an exchange. If I'm not winning, if I'm not getting something out of this, then I'm not doing it. So that question, it's really important because it's like, yeah, of course, they're going to think like, why am I getting out of this? Why do you why do you deserve this space if it's not, I'm not getting anything from it? Mm. So being able to answer that question must be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Too good a question, I guess. Too good a question. <laughs> no, Save we, that one, frame that one. We'll no, but up. we should answer that. No, it's yeah. super interesante. No, yeah. What is it? Like, um, I was going to say earlier that like... Um, I forgot what we were talking about, but it, it was we were talking about, uh, uh, I guess, changing the system. And I, I don't know who said it, or I might butcher it, was that, like, when you're on top, equality feels like oppression. Um, so that's why, like, it's uh, really hard for people to understand or, like, give up or, like, want to be on an equal playing field. Because mm -hmm. to them, it feels like uh, uh, oppression because you're, like, pulling them. It seems like you're pulling them down mm -hmm. instead of themselves pulling them, themselves up, you yeah. know? Um, so it's tough like you know it's tough I guess to portray that because I'm sure there's that fear like how you said of like well, are you going to treat us like how we treated you mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, I mean I don't know but like uh, I get why it's a tough question to answer you but know? How, how would you answer that question well, what was your question again uh, my question was just like what's the benefit of what do you think the benefit of representation is to people who are outside of or who are in communities that are heavily represent, represented Um, like for to, example, like to white people, white what does a people. what does a white person benefit from from, from seeing representation? From seeing representation yeah. of us, yeah. yeah. To Why them would they Because well, a lot of the criticism I see is like, oh, it's just forced. Like, why'd you make that? Like with Ariel, the 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 mermaid. Yeah, they're yeah. like that's just forced representation. Well, because like why don't you guys make up your own characters? I, I think thinking say, about know? it the other way around, right? As somebody who's from a community that's underrepresented. And growing up, obviously, I wasn't always aware that I was underrepresented. Mm -hmm. I'd just go on TV and movies and see, like, oh, it's many white people, but it would still resonate with me. Yeah. So I think that's what's so weird about it is that I guess, you know, in a weird way, I don't know if I see, like, a fully conscious benefit. Like, if you, if I was white and I saw more representation <laughs> of, like, Latinos, you know, like, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't know a conscious benefit, but the, like, subconscious benefit is that it broadens my range in terms of like understanding stories like yeah. for me when i was mm. a, a kid and i would look at like tv shows that were it would like the main character was white i wouldn't think about the fact that they're white i would think about the the journey they go through the struggles yeah. they go through the feelings they feel and i'm like i feel like that sometimes yeah. and if we have more representation 
it would maybe broaden the spectrum of these feelings. No, yeah, definitely. You know, I think I think in, in my opinion, if I have to kind of answer it or yeah. try it on the whim, yeah, is that it makes art and all these things feel more authentic yeah right more because the real world is diverse yeah there are like mm -hmm. real there are people of color in the world there are people who um have different gender identities or different sexuality those people exist, exist yeah they don't exist in art because the way things work but like, i think it was like star wars right people were mad that there was a black the, there was a black stormtrooper <laughs> and I was always like, black people oh, yeah. exist, yeah. you know, like, it's not like, <laughs> if I, yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and like you were saying, you know, like, uh, I think there's a lot of journeys that maybe people can't like relate to, like maybe a white person can't relate to a story of immigration mm -hmm. or, um, but I think there's pieces in that, that like they could relate to, mm -hmm. like, I, I remember in school I felt out of place. Mm -hmm. I remember like uh, moving from town to town, town to town, and that was really hard for me. Yeah, and seeing that, I feel like it creates a connection. Mm -hmm. And because we don't have that, I think there's no <laughs> there's no <laughs> reference yeah. for like wh how how that feels. But if we include that, I think it'll connect people a lot more. Yeah, um, build community, harmony, yeah, world it peace. <laughs> the word that it creates a connection because yeah. right now we're such disconnected to each other. Mm -hmm. Because that's what uh, blanquitude, uh, white, whiteness, no? Yeah. ¿Cómo se dice? I, I think it would Wait, be whiteness, no? Blanquitude. White. See, I mean, whiteness. yeah, white, whitey. Like whiteness. <laughs> whiteness. <laughs> I think so, no. <laughs> Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> I think she means like the concept, right? White supremacy. Yeah, 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 white, supremacy. yeah. Oh, white supremacy. White okay. supremacy and colonialism brought that barrier, that barrier wall. between people yeah. just in general let, mm -hmm. let alone between us and like mm -hmm. between just people in general yeah so it creates a connection you mm -hmm. blend us because now i see your reality and i feel love for you and i yeah. see your reality and i see your reality and i see mine and i see everybody's reality that's the answer thank you so much brian <laughs> i ran a applause for him <laughs> but also for let's say producers and all that Money, guys. Yeah. It gives you <laughs> money. Because that's what you care about, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to give you millions of dollars. Yeah. Because there's more, FYI, there's more brown people in the world. Well, I don't know about that. But, like, at least in <laughs> Latin America, there's more brown yeah. people than white people. Like, for example, the amount of money that The Last Is Wakanda film made, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 585... I don't know that. No sé si número. Five, ten dollars. Like I know it's more than that. <laughs> Five, ten dollars. Five hundred. Quinientos ochenta millones. Five hundred eighty million dollars yeah. in one weekend. Mm -hmm. You care about money? Well, that's money there. Yeah, people want to see that. Yeah, obviously. people want to see that. Yeah, because I feel today we don't want to feel. Yeah, today we want to feel represented. Today we don't want to aspire to something that I'm not. Mm -hmm. Today I want to see myself and I want to see my stories. I've seen too many of the other stories. You know, like yeah. I've seen too many of that. I want to see myself on the screen. Literally myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, yeah. yeah. Supply and I, demand. I feel yeah. like, uh, I guess going back to the first point that you made about like them feeling like there's an exchange. I feel like, especially with, I don't know, I guess the white producers, right? I feel like if they keep seeing that, like what, it, what do I get in exchange of having you in my movie or whatever but i feel like the that it shouldn't really be that way how you said like it shouldn't be an exchange i feel like overall the goal 
is to make this art is to make movies thrive you know in the end like we all have a collective goal which is making this art which is movies in this example right just thrive in general and i think that's the main i guess um how would you say like the main accomplishment overall is just to make movies thrive you know like especially during covid we couldn't go to movie theaters right and i feel like that as a as a collective that people who are artists in the movie industry should have like it doesn't matter if i'm white black brown that overall it's just us producing this beautiful movie to showcase to a lot of people and i think that's what the main thing should be like it shouldn't be like what do i get for including you i think it's just like you're just a person who's really great at acting and i want to do this movie and i feel like i want to just represent that and just make this movie and show it to everyone because that's what i love i love movies that's what i want to produce right and I feel like we shouldn't see it as an exchange. Like, what do I get for having you because you're brown? It's no, it's, it's, I just know that you're a good actor and I'm going to hire you so you can help my movie succeed, you know? And I feel like that's how it should be. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's good to have the representation, you know, it's good. Especially how you guys said, like the diversity, like we live in a country that's super diverse. Um, and it's, and I feel like that's how it should be. But how he said, like, we have this wall, and I think now that we're breaking it down, it's starting to cause a lot of divide, where it's just, like, again, like, now it's, well, what do I get now for being like that, right? But I feel like it's just because we were, we're breaking a barrier that a lot of people aren't so used to the change, that it's kind of, like, they're trying to see those, they're trying to nitpick little things to, like, kind of put us down in certain ways. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think that's really well said. Um my last question to you is um, there's a lot of young people who uh, want to get into the industry, me and Steve included. Uh, we have aspirations of being directors. Um, I was going to ask you, what advice do you have to people like that who want to get into the industry? What advice do you have to them for navigating that and, I guess, getting started on their journey? Wow. I would say know where you're doing it and don't forget about where you're doing it. Because that... The, the first thing that comes to mind, like the reason why I'm doing this, the reason why I'm doing this is that first thing that comes to your mind is the reason why you're, it's going to keep you going to the last of your days. And you're not doing it because of, just do it for the right reasons. Because there's a lot of people that I've met and they're like, oh, how much do you make? It's like, oh, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, bro. One, I, I'm not even going to reply to that in, like that question. And then two, if you want to be an actor because you... then No, it's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for you. Because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Or if you... Because if, if you want to... You want the fame and you're like, oh, you must have so many girls or like boys. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. So I would say know where you're doing it. Like that's number one. And do not ever doubt yourself because there's a lot of people that's going to doubt yourself. But if you doubt yourself, then you're fucked. So you're your main number one fan. And that's something that I'm always going to be thankful with me for. You know that Snoop Dogg, um, thank, I want to thank me for having no days off. Yeah. He's so right. Yeah. He's giving that credit for, like, for, para él. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would I would say 
you have to believe in yourself first. Because how am I going to make Julissa see something in me that I don't even see? So I have to, in a way, force myself to see it. Literally force myself. And be like, that, that's what I told you. With Betty, I was like, I know I'm a good actor. I know. And I'm going to make them see it. You know, like, yes, have dreams, but also be responsible of your dreams. Nobody else is responsible to make your dreams happen but you. So what do we have to do to make this happen? All, also, another thing that's important for me that I now understand is like there's no amount of self-love and there's no amount of uh, esfuerzo that kills systemic oppressions. We have to know that. But we cannot let that be in our heads all the time. So it's literally like, I hate to say, Echale ganas, right? I hate that because it's, it, it brings us to the meritocracia. Meritocracy? Merit is that a word? Meritocracy? No. Meritocracia. Mediocracy? No. Meritocracy. Mediocre? Like mediocre? That's no. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I just know that people have the criticism of Meritocracy. Like Meritocracy. Meritocracy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a myth, right? I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you deserved it more. No, no, no. Anyways, I I went. Me fui, me fui. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like bring. Ask me something. Oh, uh, just advice, advice. Yeah, advice. Ah, see, 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 see. So yeah, believe in yourself because if you don't, no one else will. Mm. You have to be your number one fan. Because in those days where you're not feel enough, no one is gonna go tell you, Yes, you are enough. No, you gotta you gotta be there for yourself and create a fucking lot. Create all the time. Create and live to create. Like write. Write stories. And if you think you it sucks, well then write another one. And then if it sucks again, well then write another one. And then write another one. Until you have one that doesn't suck that much. But also, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like me having so many songs and not dropping them, that's dumb. Don't do that. I <laughs> see, don't be like me. But <laughs> I would say believe in yourself. And I know it's weird and it's like so cliche, but it's so real. Yeah. Because also, once you believe in something, other people start believing in it. Because other people start seeing what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And generally, It, one day if you can't just fake it just fake it and one day seriously it's just gonna it's gonna be with you and there's days one day you're not gonna be happy with who you are and what you're creating but the next day you're gonna be like wow i'm the i'm i'm, I'm soy lo máximo you know i'm i'm the greatest director alive and in those days well then create as much as you can because you're already in that zone in that mindset and then I had one teacher in acting school that she would say, at least do one day or two every day for your dream. Whatever it is. It could be making a, po a podcast with your friends. It could be writing a story. It could be sending out an email. It could be going out to where the studios are and hang out and talk to someone. Like It could be anything. Just one or two things that gets you closer to what you want. And also, this is going to sound so cliche again, but enjoy the process because we don't, I, 
course I'm going to keep acting. I know that for a fact because I love it. What films, where, Hollywood, I don't know. But I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying the process a lot. And I do things that I believe in. That's another thing. Because when you do things that you believe in, you put more effort just naturally into them. I don't know if that answers. No, no yeah. that answers yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. resonates yeah. very heavily with me. I me really too. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Julie? Okay. Take uh, the floor. So I guess a couple of my questions. Um, I guess my first question would be, so since now that like, I'm sure that like uh, you being in from going from like, like doing your small um, acting gigs here and there and now being part of Betty in New York, do you feel that now people's opinions have sort of changed um, about you because now that you're like up and coming, do you feel like people have started treating you differently, whether it's like your inner circle or your outer circle? Do you feel like there's been any changes of how people kind of perceive you? At first, with guys, yes. Was it? I was just like, me, some random girl. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I had a lot of boys wanting to, like, date me. Mm-hmm. At, at first, I was like, damn. Also, <laughs> starstruck. A lot of really famous people has like, DM'd me. They slid into my DMs. And at first, I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. <laughs> But then it's just like, it's just people. Mm-hmm. Like me. Yeah. And I've, I've dated people like that. And it's cool, but it's just people. Again, it's just people working. Yeah. And how I see myself today in my work is like, I'm like any other freelancer. Literally. Like I get hired for a certain time, for a certain kind of role, for a certain time. And then it's over. Mm-hmm. But it's like any other freelancer. But if I, if I see myself, I'm a star. I'm an actress. Then I'll become what I hate. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um. Who was it? Un pintor. I don't know which one. Mm-hmm. But a Mexican painter. He used to say, um, artists are... Wait. It's in Spanish. Son obreros de la vida. Obreros. How do you say obrero? Uh, ¿Cómo se dice? Like, work- <laughs> <laughs> like workers. Um, mm-hmm. Labor workers? No. Verga. Uh, you, you know, a lot of things I read in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, to, okay. I'm trying I just, to think. I feel like I know what you're saying. I just don't know the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Google Translate. Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> obrero. Anyway, I feel like I see my work now as uh, mm-hmm. just the work. Yeah. But before that, like mm-hmm. when Betty just happened, I used to see it as like, wow, this famous people, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got myself into really bad relationships. And again, not thinking about myself, but I want him to like me. I want him to think I'm cool because I want to, you know? Yeah. Um. So that, that changed, mm-hmm. you know, like the way I interact with dudes yeah. specifically yeah. now it's i guess it's better than ever now mm-hmm. what else changed um well because i was gonna say like do you feel like um i don't know i feel like sometimes 
I guess the thought for me is that sometimes I feel like people think you're getting bigger and now people are like their first impressions of you are like different or like they feel like now because you're you're getting there to the top like you're being you're being or maybe you're acting different do you feel like you've ever gotten that vibe or you've ever caught that from people or like if whether you're friends because I feel like I mean I haven't really gone through that but i feel like a lot of people are now more like oh my god like that's cool like they see me now differently of like wow your your podcast is like blowing up and like that's really cool and like you you can sometimes tell when people are now trying to be i guess your friend or like some people now see you differently because they're like oh you're up there so now you you got a big head of like of that <laughs> oh or whatever, i get you the you perception know? of that people yeah. have of you is, yeah. is changes yeah. yeah do you feel like that's happened to you yeah a lot of people who wasn't even that close to me they mm-hmm. hit me up like hey how are you how's it going <laughs> it's like wait yeah. it's been like five years since i've talked to you <laughs> bestie bestie <laughs> like remember me i was your best friend in like third grade and like, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked in third grade yeah. like why do you want to talk to me now <laughs> um yeah, that happened. Do you feel like that's happened to you a lot? Or, like, how does that make you feel? I wouldn't say a lot. It happens more here in America. Oh, Again. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, in LA specifically. When you go to a party or something... Mm-hmm. I took my earrings off. <laughs> when you go to a party or something, the first question they ask you is, like, what do you do? Oh. Wow. Instead of, hi, what's your name? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Who's your favorite artist? Who do you know in this party? Like, something. Yeah. You know, or, like... A conversation mm-hmm. but the first thing they, like specific industry parties here the first thing they ask you is like hi what do you do like, you I'm should just sure. lie <laughs> what's your instagram so they see if you're worth it worth their time or not that's weird wow. that's so weird that yeah. happens here so i was born and raised here so oh sorry i don't mean it no, 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 i was just born and raised here so i mean i hear stories about that all the time especially in that scene of like the industry yeah. i hear about that all the time uh but I feel like people who are native here, like, and I don't mean like native people. I mean like uh, people born and raised here aren't like that. But it mm-hmm. sucks because that's the perception then people get of Angelinos. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, if you don't have like a hundred k followers, nobody's gonna talk to you. Yeah, and that sucks because there are people who are like that. They're just a misrepresentation of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also in Miami, because that was the first city I lived with Betty, because we filmed Betty in New York and Betty in New York. <laughs> Betty in New York. <laughs> And then in Miami mm-hmm. for nine months. No, eight months. So I live there. In Miami, is such a plastic city. Mm-hmm. No offense. I love Miami so much. I genuinely love Miami. I, I love Miami mm-hmm. with all my heart. But it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> like, the bodies, like, everything is just fake. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. But it's that type of interactions as well. I've heard. Like, I've heard that oh, Miami's like. She's famous. Then let her in. Do you think looking like Betty look, mm-hmm. I would getting in the <laughs> most famous club in Miami? Yeah. Of course fucking not. Mm-hmm. But I was famous. That's crazy though. It's to think that that's just how like I think uh kind of is. I think people are attracted to power beyond anything and I think fame <laughs> uh fame uh gives money and money gives power and I think uh people then like you get a little bit of that or clout or whatever they want to call yeah. it. Um, I think people are very attracted to that. N- maybe not even romantically, just like, oh, like if I know this person, maybe it'll rub off on me and then yeah. I can be famous and yeah. 
and drop music videos and stuff. Something yeah. that happens to me a lot is just random people be like, not random people, but like, yeah, how you been? How you been? Hi! <laughs> it's like, bro, are we talking or are you like trying to get an Insta story? Mm-hmm. Like, that is weird. That is wild. Because even in my family, really? The wife, my cousin's wife, if I'm eating or something, she would just come to me and film me. Until I told her, like, I just think this is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just don't like this. Because I feel like... Like, that's my privacy. I'm with my family. I'm with mm-hmm. my cousin, with my aunts, like, with my uncles. Yeah. And she would come to me, like, say hi, and just film me and post it on her IG. But it's one of these girls, like, she wants to see that oh, I'm with this girl, you know? Yeah. It's the phone, right? It's that idea of, like... You get validation from people that you don't even know, but it makes you feel better about whatever you're up to. So maybe it's like that. They film you because uh, you're an important person who's Betty, Betty in New York. That means like I know you from extension. It's as if like I'm guilty by association. Like I'm I'm as like as in that circle in your circle, even though you're just like eating like a chip or something. (laughs) I mean, and I love them. Yeah. Yeah. But that was weird. And I told her, like, I think that's a little weird. Um. Let me know when you're going to film me. Because last <laughs> no, time yeah. she did it, I was eating, literally. So I was like, <laughs> you're destroying a burrito. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I look like trash, and you're filming me, and I'm, like, trying to just yeah, yeah. eat. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and then I know you I know you've mentioned a little bit about, like, relationships and stuff. So are you, are you currently dating? No, no. I'm single. Please, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> somebody that has a good heart. <laughs> I'm single. Submit resumes and applications for her, please. <laughs> yeah. Send <laughs> to my DMs. So it is something that you're looking for? Or is it not really something you're, I guess, looking for? Right At now? this point, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it just through, like, what you've been going through? When was the last time you kind of, like, I guess? <laughs> You don't have to answer this. No, Sorry. yeah, I it's love this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to start either laughing or crying. <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> yeah. This is therapy sessions today. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm currently single, 100%. I've been single for two years and like five months mm-hmm. and three days. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> for like two years and a half or something. And like two hours. And 16 hours. Yeah. <laughs> 35 seconds. <laughs> No, yeah, I've been single for like two years mm-hmm. and a half or something. Yeah. But I've been, you know, going out with mm-hmm. people, just like yeah, getting yeah. to know mm-hmm. dudes and everything. But at first, because my last relationship was so healthy, mm-hmm. I was trying to live the crazy life. So I was just single, right? Just yeah, yeah. being single and living my best single life possible. And then I started dating. But then this guy was really toxic. I was like, no, I'm not into this. So now it's more like, this is an advice that nobody asked for (laughs) (laughs) but go go on dates to find what you like Mm -hmm. to find what you want what you like what you need what you enjoy to find your type to find everything like now i really know what i want yeah and what i need and who i am and what i'm and what i offer and who i am and the kind of communication that i want with my partner um Right now, I think, I, I wouldn't say looking, but I would like something mm-hmm. to have, like, a boyfriend mm-hmm. or something. Cause is, is dating a little hard for you? I don't mean, like, uh, like 
I don't know how to say it, but like, I just mean like practically, because I'm assuming you travel a lot. Yes. Um, so do you have to like, are you, do you feel a little restricted to like just dating like people in the industry? Or do you, do you date like, like, would you date? Would like, you date a fan? Not a fan, <laughs> but like, just like a, some, if a guy like who was super handsome and your type came up to you on the street and he was just like a regular An guy. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would date a regular guy. Like, it's it sounds weird to say regular because yeah, we're all regular, yeah. but like yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah. I would date someone who's not in the industry. Actually, I would like to date someone who's, who's, who's not, not in the industry because yeah. I think listeners, that is the thing. Interesting, listeners, interesting. listeners but watchers. Feel, but do you feel like you find that hard to, I guess, find someone like that? Yes, yes, I travel a lot, and that's one of the main things. Like, I've always feel like my life fits into suitcases. So having that feeling is strong because I always say, my home is me. And it's love. That's self-love. And yeah. it's beautiful. But also you want to have somewhere to be and like great connections because I know, again, belonging. We need that. Mm-hmm. And right now I feel like I'm craving intimacy with a partner. Not as in like sex and shit. No, but like intimacy, like yeah. real vulnerability and just mm-hmm. tenderness and I would love that. I would love that for myself because I've had too much fun, too <laughs> much fun already. So I'm craving that, honestly, because I and I know that I'm ready for that. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm ready. And I'm, I, I generally know this is the best version of myself. And I'm ready and I would love to fall in love deeply and crazy. I want to be crazy in love. But yes, it's hard because I travel mm-hmm. a lot. And because of what I do, I work with a lot of dudes all the time. Like yesterday, I was in the studio for dudes and me. You know, like four songwriters, producers, successful, handsome people. That you're dating a, a guy that's not secure of himself, that he's not confident of who he is, it's going to be hard. That's what happened with my last dude. He was like, I'm so insecure. I can't. I love you, but I don't know if you're cheating. I'm like, I'm not cheating, bro. I'm working. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm working with, in a, you know, like a music studio is like three males and, and you. But they don't hate you. You're working. But they don't yeah. see that part. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you work with all these actors. Yeah, work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't assume that you're fucking Leticia, the girl who brings you the copies. It's the same. It's my work environment. Just that is my work environment. Yeah. But it's the same. Mm-hmm. I don't assume you're, like, dating your coworker. It's the same. They're my coworkers. Like, I don't do that. But also, it feels more like, in general, I feel dating today, it's harder. Because we have Instagram, Mm -hmm. and we have this idea of, like, everything is replaceable. That we feel life and dating is like a menu. And Instagram is like a menu. Like, oh, I have all these options. And, you know, like, like DMs are like a menu. Like, I have all these options, all these people. I hate that. I used to like it, but now I hate it. It's like, <laughs> I, I liked that at first. When it yeah, first started yeah. happening, I was yeah. like, I have those, all these options. Like, no, I yeah. don't. I just want someone who's willing to love me and I want to love them. And I just want to be the cutest person of myself and take care of them and of me at the same time and create and build a beautiful relationship. Yeah. I feel like it is. <laughs> I feel like it is, I guess, hard in, in that way. And I feel like 
I guess to kind of like go off on that, I think it's a lot of like, I guess, patience on it because you also can't settle for just anyone, you know, like yeah. it's kind of like, especially with now in the day of like in social media, right? It's just like, yeah, there's there's those options, right? Like I, I am in a relationship and I'm like, my boyfriend works probably with other women and I'm sure they're a lot prettier than me, but I feel like as long as I'm secure enough and I also trust him that he won't do anything, that's our relationship and I communicate to him like, hey, like sometimes I do feel uncomfortable, but I do understand that like you're going to meet other people. But it's just like it's the trust that we'll have with each other that like we won't do anything. And if something does happen, then that's on him. That's not on me. Yeah, it's like he's the one who I guess doesn't want to be with me and I'm not going to force him to be in a relationship with me if he's wanting to be with somebody else, you know, like and I feel like. It just takes a lot to just kind of wait for that person. And, and like, you should continue, I guess, dating and until you find that person that you feel is going to make you feel secure in that relationship. Um, it takes time, and I know it's it's hard. Um, I mean, and sometimes, you know, it happens when you least expect it. I feel like it, it is a lot. It just happens. You know, like right now you're working on your acting, your music career, and I feel like it'll someday come you know there's there's always there and i feel like you also going on your dates is a lot like figuring out yourself what you like what you don't like what you'll tolerate what you won't tolerate um and a little bit going into that i feel like i wanted to ask you like do you feel like now because of dating have you now started to i guess give yourself like a list of expectations on like who you want your partner to be yes you do you like you have specific things yes and i I talk about this with my therapist. She mm -hmm. told me, your career is successful because you know what you want. You're an activist because you know what you want. You know what you believe in. You know your needs. Yeah. Your best, your relationship with your best friend works because you both know, have, you both, in both um, sides, have like boundaries. And you guys know what you want as in like friends. When you're going out with a guy, you're just like, Let's see. <laughs> like, no, bro. Like, you know what you want. Mm -hmm. Then just communicate it and see if that person is bringing to the table what you want. And see what's your negotiables and non-negotiables. Like, oh, can I deal with this? Yes, I can. It's okay. Or no, this is a no-no for me. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I want the most, not what I want the most, but I, what I'm, because I do it too. Yeah. Communication. Like, someone who's able to communicate like that. Like, that experience i told you with my the last guy i was talking to mm -hmm. that that is my main thing you can do anything in life you can be a drug dealer i don't care no, just <laughs> <laughs> but if you are able to communicate and be vulnerable and like go over your ego mm -hmm. and really connect and be honest honesty i do appreciate honesty with all my heart that's a, that's one thing I would like because I do it too. Mm -hmm. So that also I need to admire my partner. Yeah. If I don't admire my partner, then it's gonna be hard. Like the love's gone when the admiration's gone for me. So I need to, whatever they do in life. I need to admire that. Like oh, they're good at it, or like they're successful at it, or like they love what they do, or mm -hmm. because that keeps you. At the end of the day, we're creating or like building. Someone who's going to grow with you. Yeah. So you got to be smart, too. Like, mm -hmm. sorry, but you got to be smart, too. Like, oh, is this person, like, 
me está sumando? Is this person helping me? Am I helping them grow? Mm -hmm. How can we lift ourselves? Yeah. What am I learning from this person? If I oh, that's another thing. Like I need to learn something from that person. Not like literally like math class. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, just yeah. Like, like growing. Yeah. And um, evolucionando, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel that's what I offer too. Questioning. Someone that's curious, I would love that. Because curious people are the best. We're always trying to find answers yeah. and you always have conversation. I'm deep into conversations. Like, I could do this every day. Mm -hmm. Literally. I love talking. <laughs> and, like, finding ways. Yeah. And, like, I love that. What else? Yeah, if they're, do, if they're good at what they do, I, I will, whatever they do, mm -hmm. I'll admire that. Because I, I will admire that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to those listening, y'all yeah. hear what she wants. Yeah, people she taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> sense of humor. You know, like I yeah. feel like I don't take life as serious. Mm -hmm. Like it's not nothing is too serious. Like we're all gonna die. Come on. Yeah. Real. So. Real. Real. <laughs> Real. Yeah. So just someone who can laugh. Yeah. I see. Joke. Bueno, like joke. <laughs> yeah, joke yeah, around yeah, yeah. and like make jokes and. Yeah. I'm high on sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. And smart. You gotta be smart. He's gotta have a PhD. No, no, no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just like someone who thinks, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a who's lot of curious. people who don't think. Yeah. Someone who thinks. <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't think. No, for real. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that are just cute. I dated a model because he was like... Yeah. He's a model. He's mm -hmm. a famous model. He's so beautiful. Eurocentric beautiful, right? Because what is what the fuck is beautiful? You know, like what is beauty? That's a yeah. whole other topic. Like yeah. what is beauty that doesn't exist? Yeah. In my opinion, it's just a social construct to make us feel not enough. Mm -hmm. So we can buy things that's gonna make us look, like look pretty, whatever that is. No real, yeah. That's right. a future I actually am gonna talk about that in another episode, but yeah. preview, preview. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, what you were saying? Um Oh, I forgot. But yeah, you were dating a model. Ah, uh, see, yeah. he's dumb as fuck. He was so <laughs> dumb. He was the stereotype. He was literally the stereotype. I was mm. like, I have nothing to. But yeah. was it like nothing. unintentionally funny at least? Because he was dumb. It wasn't no. like funny in that sense. <laughs> he was terrible, and yeah. also he was European, so he was mm. cold as fuck. You know, like they don't. No, I was like, what are we doing, this dude? <laughs> but he looked cute. Mm -hmm. But so, I feel that energy is the same energy rappers have yeah. when they're dating a pretty girl yeah. just because she's pretty. Same energy. I was like a rapper at that point in my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to have you next to me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, he's so cute. For like photos and pictures. Photos. Yeah. like Just to show it off. Show him off. I would love to like post him <laughs> on my close friends because he was pretty. <laughs> but I was like, no, yeah. it's boring. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't <laughs> talk about anything. But that's why looks aren't everything, you know? They could look pretty, but their personality yeah. isn't, isn't that You would help him read the menu at the restaurant? Be yeah. Like, he didn't <laughs> <laughs> Duh, bro. Duh. <laughs> it's like having a bottle of water. What matters, it's what's inside. You're going to mm. drink what's inside, not the outside. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The bottle, of the bottle doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> the water, what you drink. Yeah. <laughs> Bar good. Bars? Metaphor. Bars? Poem. <laughs> Write a poem. The water bottle. <laughs> on the spot. And she did it on the spot. Yeah, too. wow. That's why she's making music now. Mm -hmm. No, on yeah. On the spot. <laughs> no, yeah, because I feel like I remember one time I went on, on a date and this guy was like, 
handsome like same thing like pretty he boy. looked like a model and he was muscular and shit like he had abs and shit and i was <laughs> like and i was like this guy is cute and so i was like okay i'll go out on the date we went on the date couldn't connect at all <laughs> nothing to talk about or at least like it just felt weird and i was like you but i wanted to try so hard because i was like you're so handsome but i was like no like there was no connection and i feel like that took away from him being like handsome i was like you're not you're not cute anymore to me i was like you can't make me laugh you're just really weird and like <laughs> <laughs> he was like he was he was he was a white dude and he was he sounded like the surfer dudes like the yeah oh like bro dude yeah and i was like this was not what i was expecting at all and it just instantly was like i wasn't attracted to him anymore <laughs> i was like yeah i, I mean it works the other way around too i mean i've gone on dates with girls who were really pretty and then they were there was like no substance at all mm. i remember this one instance she was like super like we were talking about i was talking to her about philosophy and it was like oh i, I feel like philosophy is kind of boring it's like oh really so like what did what did you find interesting like in school I was like, I never really liked school. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, what do you, like, listen to and stuff? I was like, oh, I just watch, like, movies and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, what type of movies do you want? And it was all generic stuff. It was, like, mm-hmm. Star Wars, um, like, Marvel movies. Like, and that that alone, I was like, damn, this is, this is like, there's, like, nothing here. And she yeah. was like, oh, we should go out again sometime. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just never heard from her again. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it works both ways. It'd be like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's dating, right? Like you said, you got you to gotta date to find out what you like, right? Yeah. So I think it's important. I mean, now you know, Julie. I mean, you know that the the inner beauty is as important as the outer beauty. Yeah. Right. But also, like now, I don't really date white men. Consciously, mm-hmm. consciously, I don't date white men. So that so that's not part of your list. No. Yeah. Like uh-huh. that's out. I wonder if anybody <laughs> was American, like, fuck. American, especially <laughs> American white dudes. The guy who was listening was like, I'm all the boxes. <laughs> Every like, single thing. Fuck, I'm white. <laughs> no, you feel what we feel all our life. Mm-hmm. No, 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 but I don't. Why? why okay, what's the thought process yeah. behind that? What's the thought process behind that? Um, I'm such a hippie, bro. But <laughs> it, it's a little bit the idea of, especially if they're like from Spain. Guys, why you guys from Spain? I, w- I would never date a white man from Spain. Mm-hmm. And American, like gringos, like a gringo from the, from the United States. I would not. Other than that, everybody's welcome. Is it because like the historical context? Yeah. Okay, that's I what I was thinking lame, too. I know it's weird, but yeah. you feel... There's a lot of privilege in their heads. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Or maybe yes, but they have to have conscienza de clase. How do you say that? Conscious. Class, oh, class, class consciousness. consciousness. Class consciousness. But that's hard. But normally they, yeah, whatever. It's because they have, you can feel the privilege in everything they do and everything you do. Mm-hmm. And the way you interact feels sometimes to me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that since. I've started reading all these things that are now like bell hooks. Um, I don't know, Angela D- Davis and like s- Mexican history mm-hmm. and all this stuff that I'm learning that I'm continue learning. And with my activist group and all the things we learn about racism and how oppressions work it's just now it makes me feel not uncomfortable, but I always, I see more things now mm-hmm. and I would never 
I would never like to accept, I don't know, a white dude from Spain telling me what to do. Oh, no, fuck that. Like, there's no way. You know, like, there's no way. I know it's weird. No, I get what you mean. Maybe like, I'm super intense with I, this I, I topic at this point. But I think it's like, uh, well, I get what you mean because I think, you know how you talk about decolonization and you're, you're very woke. Like, you're aware of all those issues. <laughs> I think it's just when you look at the historical context, it's like... It feels a little weird because it's as it's as if you know that like you guys obviously came from somewhere. You guys have ancestors. You guys have lineage and stuff. And if you look at it through that way, there's a long history of like um, people who are from Spain or people who are like from like their white backgrounds have perpetuated like a lot of violence and then a lot of like uh, negative things. Like we talked about white supremacy. I go on forever. Yeah. Like all these ide ideologies come from that side. And so at least I, I think it's I think your sentiment is something that a lot of people actually feel and that I've heard people express. And I think it's always that thought of like. It would feel as if you're still continuing that legacy of like oppression. Yeah, because also what do I find beautiful? That's a question that I ask myself. I don't ask the media. I don't ask the books. I don't uh, I don't ask the most famous actors out there. I ask Elifer, who do I find hot? I don't like white dudes generally. And this is this has nothing to do with this before this. Mm -hmm. I never really like them. But I've always been told that they are hot. So I have to see them as cute. Like I don't I'm sorry, but between Michael B. Jordan and Timothy Chamelet, I'd rather fuck Michael B. Jordan. Like come on. <laughs> Timothy Chamelet. Who would like like come you have these two men right there. Yeah. Who dude, are you serious? Nah, you're going for Michael B. Jordan. I don't know. Like that's me. Mm -hmm. Like I ask myself, mm -hmm. who do I find hot? Yeah, mm -hmm. generally. Same with my my myself. Like, what does Elifer think about her hair? What does Elifer think about her nose? Not what the world has told me. I don't give a shit about that. What do I think about me? What do I think about my boyfriend? Mm -hmm. And I I think that's powerful. Mm -hmm. So the last guy I was talking to, he had everything, every box. He was a check, but he was not ready. He was. Two months. Like, dos meses soltero. Only mm. two months single. Mm -hmm. And then he met me. So, no, it wasn't going to work. But he Did was everything I liked. It was, uh, what is it, what do they call it? Right person, wrong time? Yeah. It was like that. But I don't feel there's such a thing. I think it's... I, yeah, we talked about some on everything. another episode. Like, just, just yeah. it wasn't meant to be. And it's yeah, fine. It just wasn't meant to the be. The world's not going to end. I learned yeah. a lot. Don't date guys. Who are like two months <laughs> out of a relationship. They haven't healed. They, they haven't healed. healed. I yeah. was literally his Advil. And that hurt. That was the, what hurts me the most. I was his painkiller. That's crazy. I was like a pill he was taking for not feeling alone. Mm. Well, that's what I felt. I don't know. You were the, what do you, is it? Rebound. Rebound. Yeah. But at least you were, you valued. You have a lot of value in that. Mm -hmm. and, and you could at least feel some goodness in there. Oh yeah, I, I I learned a lot about myself and about what I like. Yeah, he had everything except balls, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's really important. Yeah, literally, he he got everything except balls. He needed. He was hurting. He was too yeah. scared too. He was like, "I'm scared. I'm scared. You're too much. I'm intimidated by you." I was like. Uh, he he wasn't enough. Yeah, I was gonna say he you're enough. not too much. He just wasn't enough. Yeah, he just wasn't enough. 
What do you guys think? When when a guy says to a girl, I find you intimidating, what does that mean? Uh, I think that as a guy, there's this idea that you're the masculine one, so you're kind of meant to be the, like... Like, the guy is meant to be, like, the prize, you know? Like, there's there's that patriar- like that patriarchy of the guy's the be- breadwinner and the wife is a supporting, like, mom that stays at home. I think that subconsciously a lot of men feel very... When they find a woman intimidating, they feel it in that sense. They feel as though you will outshine them. Yeah, You will be, like... When people look at you guys, they'll look at you first before they look at him. And I think that's what I kind of interpret that as as like intimidation because in my experience that's what i've kind of felt whenever i've heard a guy say i don't think i could date her because she intimidates me it's just like more of like people would look at that couple and see that the girl is like i don't know how to say it, not the breadwinner but like the yeah what is it demasculating no yeah like it's the word that's the word no? yeah demasculating yeah, yeah. yeah. i think people you are mean emasculated they feel emasculated yeah um i thought it was more of a like uh like an insecurity thing you yeah. know like um, I'm assuming when when they say a woman's intimidating, it's because they have qualities that typically a guy has, mm-hmm. or are typically masculine, or or just the society uh, attributes to being yeah. masculine. Yeah, that's how, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, so like I don't know, you're you're outgoing, you're loud. I go out, I do all these things, mm-hmm. and oh, I, don't, I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, I can't keep up with you. Mm-hmm. I'm intimidated that like. Because I can't keep up with you, you're, we're not going to be together. You're going to leave me. Like, yeah. I'm going to get hurt. You know, I think it's like that. Yeah, I don't he's know. right, though. It is yeah. insecurity. It, it 100% yeah. it's is a lot insecurity. Of, yeah. I think it's a lot of, like, just insecurity in themselves. Because I think they just see themselves as, like, it could be, like, in looks, right? He could be like, you're, you're way out of my league. So why mm. is it that you're with me? And I think it's more of their own value. Like, they're just, like, they're just insecure within themselves. And, like, mm. they're just, like... They question a lot of that, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, if anything, even beyond romantic relationships, when somebody intimidates you, it's, like, this fear in you mm-hmm. of, like, whatever it can be. You just think that that person is, for some reason, like, superior to you. Yeah. Maybe not consciously, but you feel as though you feel inferior. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Therapy sessions <laughs> real quick. Therapy <laughs> sessions. I think yeah. you got it right. Where it's, I just think it's, like, they feel like they can't keep up. Yeah, you know, like I'm yeah. gonna get left behind, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I feel like yeah. that's at, at least from when I hear that somebody feels in, like intimidated, at least in a relationship, it is that they're just a little insecure. Like, mm-hmm. again, like especially now when you can kind of have access to like anyone, it's kind of like there's you see it more as like there's pretty, pe- there is prettier people out there, so why are you with me? Kind of thing, that's crazy. and it's like. And and I think you just get like fed on that a lot of like, you know, there's other people there. You got more options. Then why are you with me? And I think you start to overthink of like, and but I think it is a lot more that you just you don't value yourself and your worth and like who you are as a person, you know. And I feel like getting into a relationship um, should be that should be that you know who you are before you get into this relationship. Because again, like it's not always like. Have like fifty fifty. It's a hundred percent of yourself with somebody else. And again, how she said, the growth together in the end. Like, how are you guys growing together? You know, how are you guys gonna make yourselves as a couple succeed? You know, and it is a lot of learning. It is relationships are work, and I think that's another thing that when people get into relationships should be aware of is that they are a lot of work. You know, yeah. 
because not everyone thinks the same you know yeah. like you're two different people um yeah you might share like some qualities but once you like get to know them your values could be different and how is it that you can either compromise or just have an understanding of where they come from kind of thing yeah. so you know it's it's just something that you should be ready once you get into relationships you yeah, know? yeah. it's just at the end of the day i'm sure it'll be fine i'm sure everything's cool <laughs> everything's yeah. cool yeah. everything's cool. You know, cool we said before i mean we were talking about something else but uncomfortable conversations create comfortable spaces mm -hmm. it's the same thing with a relationship you have to have that uncomfortable talk with your partner about yeah. how it's making you feel everything i rather over explain shit than be like oh no that'll that'll, that'll pass mm -hmm. what if not just yeah. say everything well i'd rather just like expose everything and be like what's up <laughs> <laughs> instead of like hiding stuff yeah. and then saying what i want like and the thing with like communicating it's like if i communicate that i have some sort of issue seeing how that person's gonna react will tell me like do are we gonna work on this or are we not if we're not gonna work on this then this is my i guess quote-unquote red flag of like you don't want to work with me in this relationship because it's like the more you prolong it the more you guys are going to be fighting about the same issue nothing's really going to get resolved And again, it becomes toxic where it's just like, I'm telling you and I am communicating, but you're not, I guess, reciprocating that energy with me of like trying with me or making me feel better in this relationship. And I think that's just like a lot of like what happens. I, I read something that said that people scream because they don't feel they're being listened to. Mm -hmm. So I need to scream for you to understand what I'm saying. So when I'm, I feel that I'm not being understood I feel that you're not listening. Then my only other option as a fucking surviving human is mm -hmm. to scream. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that makes like that, that makes so much mm -hmm. sense. Because, yeah, this past relationship, I hate to be talking about that, but it's <laughs> yeah. my last yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, we never, even if I was mad, I would never yell. I was like, hey, what's up? I am mad. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm feeling again. Like. Yeah, <laughs> this is all that I'm feeling. This is all what I'm thinking. What do you think? And then it was like this kind of ping pong of ideas. Yeah, and we solved it at the end. I was like, yeah, everything's cool. Or he was like, yo, I'm insecure. I'm mad. I like I feel this way. But we never yelled. Mm -hmm. At we never did. Just at the very end, last the last conversation I had with that person, he wasn't. I felt. And he wasn't listening mm -hmm. to me. I was like, how can I make him understand? And I felt that urge to to yell. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to do it because I'm not, I'm not this person. But I was like, how can I? Fuck. We're not understanding each other anymore. And that's crazy. Because moving from a really open, safe space where you can say everything to some somewhere you, where you don't feel understood or listened, that's hard. I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I think oh. that's a. What do you, do you have more questions? No, oh, no. That was that was basically it. Uh, I, think I just wanted to talk about relationships. Yeah. That. No, that was I beautiful. That was beautiful. It. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, just closing up the show. Uh, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, it was really good. A lot of insightful conversations. A lot of things that I feel like I learned from you, which is uh, something I always enjoy from having a guest. Uh, I hope you had a good time. Uh, you could go ahead and tell our fans where they can find you 
If not, all links will be in the bio. Uh, but you guys have anything else left to say? Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this podcast. It was very insightful. Um, shout out to all our patrons, um, Jada Chicano, Cat Friend, and Yoel. We love you guys. If you want to join the Patreon, our link is in our bio. Um, but thanks again, Elifer. Really love this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it was really great having you here. Um, the topics were great. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. The I energy was fun. great. You yeah. brought the energy. Yeah. I could totally tell you were you're an actress. <laughs> you just bring it. You just bring it. Uh, but to, to our fans who are watching, if you drink, take a shot every time we said everything's cool. Yeah. So I was thinking we said it the most probably this <laughs> yeah. episode. You set a record. I think this is the most we've set our, our title. Everything's cool. Or take yeah. a shot every time I said. Belong. Belonging. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do both. Make yeah. it a game, you know? But then, thank uh, you again, Eleanor, for being on our show. It was really great having you. I had so much fun. And just to let you know, you are a big inspiration. And I see the work that you're doing. And it is very much seen. And it's great. It's great to see that, you know? We admire um, your work a yes, lot. Yes, we admire you. I especially admire you a lot. And I love your hair. Your hair is so beautiful. Um, but you're doing amazing. Thank so you. you guys too. I thank you. That's what I <laughs> that message. Um, yeah, I wanted to be in here because I think what you're doing is important. I think what you're doing matters. I think a lot of people should be watching this podcast. So if you're new, keep watching the other episodes. Si eres nuevo en este podcast, sigue viendo los demás, practicas tu inglés, you practice your English, and you listen to interesting stuff because I generally love your space and what you're creating. So congrats to y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm glad that you said yes, because I wanted to be in here. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. I generally yeah. watch your stuff. We hope to have you on again. Yeah, yes. hopefully in the future hopefully we can yes. have you on yes. again. But uh, thank you to everybody who's listened. Thank you to everybody who's been watching. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.